your mustache is whistling. <laughs> I, I should have trimmed it up a little better. But have you have you had that for a long time? Yeah, since I was like twelve. No, since you were. <laughs> He's always been a hairy motherfucker. Yeah, but I don't know. We get you. Ma- you have a mask on. You might as well do whatever you want. Uh huh. Right. But I was at Adeline's game yesterday, and the coach's husband. I've always seen him with a mask. And yesterday he had it off, and he has a huge fucking whoop mustache. Mm-hmm. And Vera's like, "That's a, that's a, the coach's husband." I'm like, "No, it's not. He's <laughs> over. He's over here somewhere." And she's like, "No, that's him." And I was like, "No, he's walking around barefoot." And the dude was barefoot, and I'm like, "Oh my god, dude, he has a gnarly mustache." And it wasn't just like a scrawny little one; it was fucking fluffy, big, fat, fluffy one. You ever do that? You ever grow it no. all out? No, I do sometimes. I but... hate mustaches. <laughs> I trim mine really short. I'll have a big old beard and my shit will be like this long. It's fun for a while. Yeah. I could do it for like two weeks and then I'm out. I grew this just because I know Cody, Farg Dog, hates mustaches. So. <laughs> so that's You told us, you, know, you told me that I'm supposed to try to get in a fight with him, right? <laughs> what? Yeah. Why would you do that? He's, he's trying to make it more like a reality show. It'll be entertaining. <laughs> yeah. We used to do that. When we were kids, we'd play a game we'd, on the trampoline. We were fly boy and fly man. Who was yeah. the boy? Who's the man? I was the boy. Uh, I was the man. man. But we would we would fight, and then we'd end up in the hospital, and then we'd find out that we were brothers. <laughs> <laughs> There's a twist. Yeah, and we'd play that over and over. We'd go through it, mm-hmm. and then we also same scenario every time. And we had a uh, make believe girlfriends. Mine was. Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the movie. Okay. And Cody's was Cassandra from uh, Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Was it? Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. That's well, that a good pick. But uh, I, so like I was saying, I got my Pfizer shot on Friday. So yesterday I did nothing because I thought I'd be sick. I didn't even feel that bad. But I watched a bunch of reviews of Jean Claude Van Damme movies because that's kind of, I think, where our inspiration was for fighting because Kathy and Dean had all, like, just an insane amount of pirated VHSs. Mm-hmm. So we would watch uh, Bloodsport and Kickboxer and then Lionheart. And in two of those movies, Bloodsport and, well, Kickboxer, there's brothers, and one of them gets really hurt and, like, some guy breaks his back. <laughs> <laughs> With a bow? Yeah. Dropping bows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a vertical elbow. Illegal. That's why, probably. They made that illegal in the UFC. How, how old? You guys were like five to six years old. You're watching Bloodsport? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was cool. Yeah. yeah. Dirt Bike Kid and Gleam in the Cube. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I still watch Dirt Bike Kid. I watched it the other night. I got all shit-faced. And I watched it and woke up the next day. And Abe was like, yeah, we watched Dirt by Kid last night. And I was like, what? I remember that. <laughs> I don't remember Dirt by Kid. Oh, I love that movie. But I do remember one time we were riding bikes in uh, Aunt Kathy's little forest there. And you wrecked. And then you, like, almost started crying. And then you said, Skylar, let's pretend I did one of those things where you, like, do a turn real fast. And you kind of put your foot down. <laughs> let's pretend I did that instead of crashing. I, I did? Like, yeah. And I was like, okay, we'll <laughs> pretend you did that. That's awesome. And you were fine. Yeah. So this is all out and boring. This is how you guys mm-hmm. met. Yeah. Yeah, they lived in a little teeny house before they built their big ass cabin. And yeah. Is there they your parents have a lot of land out there? Not that much, only two acres, but it's surrounded by a bunch of uh like agricultural land that nobody's on, so 
It seems like we have a bunch of land. There's a bunch of cornfields. Uh, berry. Mm. Berry fields mm. and that field where you got hives mm-hmm. that that changed like every year they would change what they planted you got oh, hives yeah. in that thing oh yeah uh, me too yeah i think after that is when i got allergies to grass <laughs> i went out there and there we were playing like velociraptor or something which is a you pretend somebody's a velociraptor chasing you out there and we just got out and we're covered in pollen and ever since then i had a grass allergy <laughs> so yeah we were drinking it at her house one night, and it was my birthday. Oh, was it my birthday? I think it was your it was birthday. My birthday, my twenty-first birthday. And I just went running through the field and like dive bombing into the corn, and I came out, dude. I just had bumps all over the place. Yeah, it's yeah. They say there's some sort of like you can get triggered where if you get like too much of something, then you'll be allergic forever. Hmm. Like, uh, I guess if you get chicken shit in a cut or something, then you can become allergic to chickens. Hmm. But. That well, would I, suck. I've never tested that. You should. You're a scientist. Okay, well, you can be my subject. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to be allergic to chicken, dude. Chicken's mm-hmm. delicious. I don't know. Chicken nuggets, chicken breast. Maybe it'd be easier. Make you allergic to some stuff. Mm. You can't eat it. Have you ever had eggs like from a farm chicken at your house or whatever? Uh huh. So we. I'm trying to figure out where you're going with this. So we used to get the cheap eggs from Safeway or whatever. And then my brother-in-law works at a organic foods warehouse, and he started getting us these really expensive organic omega-3 eggs. And then my wife's mom gave us a dozen farm eggs that she got from somebody from church. And if you pull it out and you crack all three open, the color of yolk oh, yeah. between the three is insane. The ones from the eggs, I mean, from the eggs from the farm are like bright orange. The other ones are a little less bright. And then the, you know, the ones from the store. Yeah. Poopy. It's because of what they eat. Yeah. And the shell too, right? Have you noticed? Oh, the, yeah. It's like three times as thick mm-hmm. compared to those paper shells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes it easy to boil them better. Did you guys have chickens out there? We Yeah, we had chickens. Um one time we had these chickens, and there was a red-tailed hawk that lived in those big trees mm-hmm. behind my parents' house, and it flew down. Me and my mom were outside, and I, I was, you know, four or five or whatever, and it ate one of the chicks. And my mom and I, like, looked at each other, like, does the other person feel bad, or do we both think that was really cool? <laughs> it was like, that was cool. So then we would, like, kind of feed the hawk chicks a little bit. <laughs> like like sacrificing them? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, that's that's pretty hardcore. Circle of life. Just... I was, you know, the pier in Newport, where you walk out under the pier. Uh huh. Um, I was walking down that, and I saw a fucking seagull drown a pigeon. <laughs> it was insane. It was awesome. It just grabbed it and held it mm-hmm. under. And... Yep. That is, that's cool. Hey man, when you're hungry, yeah. What are you gonna do? I mean, I've I've eaten a pigeon. Yeah. Yeah, and in France, went to this. Uh, my sister was teaching English there, so my dad and I went to visit her with my grandparents. And I must have been still in high school, but I wanted to try to eat like weird shit and fancy stuff. And we went to this really fancy restaurant with my grandpa's friend, and I got pigeon, and it wasn't very good. And I'm kind of disappointed in that because I could have got like anything, probably like the best food you could any vessel ever eat. And it was like in an old castle, and it was fancy, like 
after you eat, they bring out a huge thing of cheese and just let you eat whatever. And nothing has prices. Like, I don't think you, yeah. you just like order a dinner and you get, I don't know, appetizers and entrees and stuff like that. I, mean, I should have like asked what's really good, but I saw that there's a pigeon and I thought, that's weird. I'll get that. <laughs> and so they roasted this pigeon. It's just like a kind of, I don't know, small, bad chicken that seemed uncooked. Yeah. So. Yeah. So was the uh, was the menu in English? Like, no. how'd you know? No. How'd you, did you know French? No. Like, the, 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 my grandpa's friend knew French and uh. kind of, like, told us what was there. He was cool because he was, like, a real kind of French snob guy. Like, the restaurant brought us out uh, cream of asparagus soup before mm. we ordered like to be nice and like as a sign of respect and he got really mad at them and he's like I didn't want I didn't order this if I wanted this I would have ordered it you know and it was wow. kind of like that's I think their thing being you know kind of snobs mm. um, yeah I've never been but I hear they're a bunch of assholes that's what they always say <laughs> well I think they're kind of like uh, like original hipsters or something like they've done it all ahead of time. They know what's cool, and they're kind of unimpressed. I think is one of the things, and into fashion and style, and think Americans are bad at that. They just don't have time for anything. It's kind of like New Yorkers, right? New Yorkers are supposedly rude, I, but it's just because dude, they don't have time for anything. Also, uh, you're allowed to sunbathe topless in Paris. And I saw some pretty hot babes when I was, like, 15. Just, like, walking down the street? No, just, like, in a park, just with their shirt off. And it's just like, wow. Yeah. That was cool. I went to a new beach in Hawaii, and it was awful. It was just a bunch of old people that had hairy balls and big bushes. And I think I saw one chick that was younger than, like, 30. And all she had was her top off. Mm. But then I went to... Is it, where's the one here? Savvy Island or yeah, something? Yeah, I think it's Savvy Island. Oh, God, dude. That was fucking awesome. I've heard. Dude, so <laughs> I went with a group of us, and one of the guys I was with has been out of prison. He's covered in prison tattoos and everything. And they were playing football, and he dove and got cut by a seashell. <laughs> Pretty bad. <laughs> Just lucky on his shoulder, right? Yeah. Could have been a lot worse. And uh, there was a medic there. And he brought up the sewing kit. He's butt naked, fucking <laughs> sewing this big buff dude shoulder up and there's this other guy standing above him with his ding dong <laughs> right in his face and he's, he's like oh man those are those are some nice tattoos where'd you get them and, going, and I'm just like dude you got a fucking dong in your face and a naked paramedic sewing your shoulder up you're fucking in for a treat there bro uh, yeah but there's a lot of babes there uh, yeah I've heard a buddy of mine you know him Corey who uh, Hillcrest yeah he goes there and he said there's a lot of like elaborate butt plugs going on really <laughs> yeah I don't People know wearing I mean, them around yeah, he might be exaggerating, but... We saw one at a strip club. She said it's so comfortable, she forgets to take it out until she farts. <laughs> I saw one at a strip club one time. It was the Acropolis. You ever been there? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Me and my buddy are there. There's like a stripper, and she's like giving us some attention because we're at the rack. And then she like turns around, and you can tell she's going to do like her kind of signature move. And she kind of... She has like a piercing in her in-between... And then she, like, poops out, like, pushes out this piercing that had been in her butthole. And it's like a strobe light butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And me and my buddy just bust up laughing, and she gets embarrassed and just... She thought, thought she thought it was cool, and you yeah. guys were going to like it, and then... 
Oh, I liked it, but it was, it was surprising and funny, and I wasn't expecting it, and it was my natural so she, reaction. So she popped it out, and it started strobing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. That's funny. Yeah. I've it, seen some nasty shit at strip clubs. Oh, definitely. I've seen some pretty cool stuff, too. Yeah. It goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to think about, like, uh, how that industry has been impacted by the pandemic, and if it's going to come back, you know, I know a lot of people... Went to uh, just doing it online. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't been to a strip club in a while. You'd think yeah. they just have masks. Well, yeah, now they probably can, but when everything was closed, they couldn't have them. Yeah. I know Portland had some drive-through mm-hmm. mask-themed one, which I thought was pretty creative. But I haven't been in a while either. <laughs> just drive? Car. Yeah, just what? Car and you watch it outside. I think they were in a tent, and you could drive through it and watch the girl strip. Huh. I never heard of that. Yeah, it was, I don't know. It got kind of viral a little bit, but I didn't have time to go. Yeah. But there's some uh, nasty ones down where I live, and I, I don't know. Haven't haven't been there. In Eugene? Yeah, and Springfield in particular has some pretty bad ones. Yeah. Like uh, I went to one, I was house-sitting by one, I don't know, a few years ago, and so I thought I'd check it out, and it was just like, a fat guy getting a hand job from some, <laughs> like, stripper that looked like his sister. Out in the open? No, like, in the side room, but it wasn't, like, covered up. Yeah. And I didn't see, like, the whole act, but she got up, and then he, like, gets up and pulls his pants back up. Uh-huh. It's like, what? You're not supposed to take your pants off. <laughs> <laughs> we know a guy who went to one, and uh, he's all bragging about how he got with her and whatever, and then, like... A couple of days later, he ended up with like a cobweb in his throat. He got some sort of yeah. STD. And it was, yeah, it dude. was like the equivalent of like a cobweb. It said. was it was up on Columbia, I think, mm-hmm. like up in that well, area. Close. Like, uh, you know, kind of almost. If you drive on Columbia, almost bef- when you get to like MOK. Mm-hmm. And yeah, dude, he went down on this girl for some reason. He was bragging about it. Yeah, <laughs> he got this gnarly thing in the back of his throat. So gross, dude. Why would you go down on a stripper? That's a bad idea. Especially at work. <laughs> She'd been rubbing on poles and people's laps and yummy. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. No. I wouldn't do that either. I, Probably. I mean, maybe if you're just so fucked up, right? I know that I've definitely been some of my drunkest at strip clubs. So, but I think I have some, uh, I don't know. What do you call them? Brain cells? Yeah. Yeah. Can't think of them, right? Yeah. Can't think of the word, so maybe not. <laughs> but. Yeah, strip clubs are nasty. Yeah, they're, uh, you know, got to make that money, right? So. Yeah, I mean, there's a demand for it, so. To yeah, get drunk and watch naked chicks. What's wrong with that? What is wrong with that? Yeah. I think what's weird is you guys ever, I mean, obviously you met that guy who went down on a stripper, but I've also met people who like kind of go there to try to get a girlfriend. Mm. I think that's kind of weird and pathetic. Like I worked with a guy and he was always like dating strippers and they're like breaking his heart. And it'd be like, (laughs) what do you expect? Mm -hmm. And, And it'd be like... Yeah, she was kind of trying to figure out if she wanted to date me or this other guy, but the other guy has like a kid, so they kind of have more of a family thing. So I get it. And it's just like, come on, 
Russell. What are you, what are you, what are you doing? Like, why are you? And he was like uh, 10 years older than me at the time and always trying to like get with younger chicks. And I was just kind of, and he's from Idaho and he described himself as a, a Republican hippie. She's like a pretty bad combo mm-hmm. in my way. Yeah, I didn't know that was possible. Yeah, I don't think it really is. I think it's just like how he tried to brand himself. <laughs> and he, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, dude, I went to this this one one time with a buddy of mine, and uh, the girl walked out in flip-flops. <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> we got to get out of here, dude. That's not supposed to happen. I, I remember I saw... Um, at Union Jacks, that must have been at least 10 years ago, a chick came out in Converse low tops, and I thought it was really hot. Mm-hmm. And I was at the, the front, and I was kind of like trying to talk to her, and uh, the, the DJ, you know, he's like, all right, everybody to the main stage, let's give it up for Bagel. And I thought her <laughs> stripper name was Bagel, and I thought that was like awesome. And she had like cool Converse on, and then... I waited around for her next time to come out. It turns out her name was Hazel, mm. which is not as interesting to me. Yeah, as, Bagel's better. Yeah, like, okay, she picked Bagel as her name. That's <laughs> Yeah, dude, uh, she's a, trying to appeal to a very specific demographic. Yeah. <laughs> I like Bagels. Mm. Uh, bagels are pretty good, man. Mm. So how where have you traveled? You've been to France. Uh, I, yeah, I've been to France, and I've been to Turkey. But that's about it in terms of other countries. I need to that's a more. weird combo. Why Turkey? My sister also was uh, teaching English there. So I just kind of followed her. Mm. And Turkey was neat. Uh, we just basically stayed in Istanbul, which is a really wild old country or city, and um, ate some good food and drank some weird beer. There was uh, two beers there, Ephes and Ephes Light. And people put salt in their beer, which I thought was interesting. So I do that sometimes. But do, do people drink it regularly? Yeah, it's. Um, I think it's changed a little bit, but it's a secular state, so it's not like uh, like most of the people there are Muslim. But it, the government wasn't run at the time by like a Islamic kind of. I don't know, like putting the rules in. I think they have like a. Erdogan is kind of a dictator now. Mm-hmm. He puts in some rules, but it, it was cool because it was trying to join the European Union at the time. So it was trying to be like very liberal and um, nice. But I don't know. It was weird. I met some, uh, some people. Like you go there and you're American and you're kind of a celebrity. So like my sister was teaching English and she had just finished. So I met some of her students and they wanted to be like my best friend. And guys there when they they hold hands with each other that's like normal so people are always trying to like hold my hands which is (laughs) different you know like not something i'm used to and then they would say some stuff where it's um i don't know some some weird stuff because there's the the kurds there in uh eastern turkey and the turkish people don't like them and they would say something like like the, our Kurds, they're like your American Negro. They're they're lazy and they're mm. bad for society. I'm like, man, that's kind of not cool to yeah. say. But yeah. But then I, you'd see people who like were on the street, and we'd see these like old ladies fighting over a blanket, and there'd be like two babies, and it's like nighttime, and they'd be fighting and fighting, and and then finally they'd get a like because of the commotion, people would watch them, and finally someone would like give one of them money, like buy you buy yourself a blanket for your baby. So you can both have it. And then somebody else told us like that. They do that 
over and over again. It's like their scam. Mm. These two old oh, ladies pretend I gotcha. to fight over a blanket yeah. with two babies lying down. So it's kind of <laughs> not, Jesus. you know. They're, they're good at the scams, I guess. I was just going to say, why don't they cut the blanket in half? Yeah. King Hammurabi right? or something you give right him a, there. Give him a pair of scissors. <laughs> How long did your sister live there? She was there for a while, wasn't she? I think only like maybe a year. Oh, that's it? Yeah, she taught in some other place too. In like uh, east of India, another place. And I think that place is, a, I forget, Bangladesh maybe. And that was extra creepy. So I think she's done doing that. She has a kid now too. So. When you were there, did they speak very much English? Like how was it difficult to communicate with them? Um, a lot of people spoke English. Yeah. I mean, the people that I talked to did. Something really cool about Turkey, though, is um, they don't believe in, like, having pets, but they like animals. So they take care of their street animals really well. So there's a bunch of cats that live out there that people, like, love. And you go eat outside and, like, a cat will come up. And if you want to, you can, like, feed the cat. And if you don't, you shoo it off and it leaves. It knows what it's doing. And there'd be, like, stray dogs, too, that I saw a stray dog that had its own soccer ball and <laughs> is in this uh, big square called Taxim Square. And I was watching it, and it would have a ball, and it knew certain people that would play with it. And it'd bring the ball to them, and they'd, like, play some soccer with it and then go on their way. Huh. And they probably did that, like, every day. And it was kind of a cool, like, these animals, like, lived there, and they're almost like citizens. And, like, none of them looked gross or unhealthy. They all looked, you know, pretty well taken care of. But Somebody's feeding them. Yeah, they yeah. had enough food and knew it was up. It was pretty cool, but I haven't gone anywhere in years and years and decades at least. I went to uh, New Orleans. That's probably the coolest. Ooh, I want to go to New Orleans. Oh, man. You ever been? I haven't been there yet, no. That place rules. That Did you go during Mardi Gras? No, I went during August, which is when you're not supposed to go, but it was for a conference. So... uh I got to go there and present a poster of my research, and there were some people I knew from school who went down there, and we got a Airbnb, and I have some friends that I knew in Eugene who lived down there, so I ended up staying a few extra days and hanging with them. And we went to, like, there's just, like, parades happening. And one of them, we're going to meet our friends, and they're over here on the side of the road, and we're here, and then the underpants, the National Underpants Parade comes through. And there's people playing music, and everybody's in their underpants, and we're like, let's go. Let's just join this. So we get in, and you have to strip down into your underpants, and we just, like, march with everybody cheering and, like, dancing. Mm-hmm. And then we went to some, like, weird rave complex, and there was uh, lube wrestling going on. Like, <laughs> And so I'm with some friends that are, like, pretty square scientists, and they're just like, what is going on? And there's, like, uh, it was pretty wild. And just... In general, like amazing food and crazy weird uh, graveyards everywhere. Was this before or after Katrina? This is after Katrina. Yeah. So there's definitely like some gentrification kind of happening, but then there's also a, a, a pretty strong movement to try to keep, um, you know, like historic kind of neighborhoods intact and not let the whole city get completely changed. Yeah. But. It's so weird, man. Like, even the – it's, like, the least American city, they say, in America. It's, like, not on a grid either. It's on, like, a radial pattern. So, like, the, the river goes through it in, like, a semicircle, mm-hmm. and then the roads follow that. So, even 
just the fact that you're not in a, a grid system makes it feel different. Yeah. And then there's lizards and frogs everywhere, and you can take your drink with you wherever you go. Bars don't shut down. It's like Vegas. Yeah, but I've never been to Vegas, but I think it's probably cooler. You've never been to Vegas? Yeah, but I've, been to, I've been to New Orleans. So I'll take New Orleans. <laughs> but that main strip, the Bourbon Street, is pretty gross. And there's just, like, people puking and <laughs> a bunch of weird strip clubs that are look a little too fancy. Yeah. But I didn't see any uh, flashers. It wasn't Mardi Gras, but... The, the drinks are probably super expensive, too, right? No. No? It was actually um, cheaper, like... For yeah, it was it was cheaper. Like especially if you wanted to get like a tall boy of Pabst uh-huh. or something, it's still a dollar, you know, in a bar, and then you can take it wherever you want. But I got a like sixty four ounce daiquiri, which comes out of a um, like Slurpee machine. There's these these places They're all over in Vegas, and that was so gross. And me and my buddy drank that, and then we had to take this trolley back, and we both puked like disgusting <laughs> red shit because we'd also been we were trying to find the best. Um, shrimp po' boy in town. So we're eating like just just shrimp and bread and then puking that up. Well, and it's like super humid too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just sweating it out, man. But I sweat a lot anyway, so I was like, welcome to my life. Like, I didn't mind it. Like, <laughs> and it rained for like, there's a thunderstorm every day, but and, and then... make it worse. Yeah, but... but um. It's so cool. My friends uh, lived right by the bayou that goes into the city, and they had a canoe. And we would we went out with like a big box of wine at night and just like canoed underneath the streets. And it was the water was swollen, like the river was high, so we'd have to get down in the canoe to go underneath these overpasses, and there'd just be like unlimited giant cockroaches everywhere. That's pretty wild. How yeah. big? Yeah, big ones, like the big guys. I guess there's two types there. There's the big ones and the little ones, and the big ones are easier to kill. It's the little ones that are Mm. harder. And my buddy Andy, who lived down there, um, he was really into his technique for killing the cockroaches, and he was trying to, like, impress us. I finally figured out how to kill the small ones, and I didn't know what he was talking about, and his girlfriend didn't seem to You can just stomp them, can't you? I think he had to like sneak up on him or hit him with a thing or I don't know. I mean, we don't have to deal with that here. So. Yeah. No, dude, I'd never seen one before until I moved to Phoenix. I saw him in Vegas. I was walking down the street going to my hotel, a side street, and they were just scurrying off. And then I ended up coming home and uh, we found one in my cabinet. Yeah. I think it came back with me. Because I had an exterminator come out, out and he was like, yeah, there's no sign of infestation. And I told him that, and he was like, yeah, they could have just hitched a ride back with you. Or they can come home in your groceries, Mm -hmm. all kinds of shit. Yeah, man. um, When I was going to Oregon State, I knew the state entomologist. So that's a guy who studies bugs. And his job is like mostly like a school. They'll get like a mite out or lice outbreak and they'll send it to him and they'll ID it and then they'll know how to like treat it for the kids. But one time he was telling me the hardest thing he ever dealt with was somebody sent him a tick that they had found. And then it turns out the tick was from Africa and it like the person who found the tick had like met up with a friend who had met up with a friend who had just got back from Africa. Like they had to contact trace it. So there's an African tick got there wow i just um contacted him recently because i found a fucking huge tick on my dog yeah dude they get pretty gnarly right they just latch on they 
they can't do anything when they, once they latch, right? They're just there and they fill up with blood and get yeah. all huge. We found one on my neighbor's kid. They went camping and uh, my wife found it on the back of her neck. <laughs> but it hadn't, it had only been in there for a couple hours. It hadn't really attached that bad. So they, they were able to get it out and they sent it to the doctor and make sure it didn't have Lyme disease and yeah. shit. Yeah, there's only certain ones that that get it, Lyme disease. So, yeah. but it's scary. Yeah, it looked like that green one, the one we found, a soft-bodied tick. I think it was like a. I tried to ID it. God, they're fucking nasty. I've I've had them crawling on me, but I've never had one in my skin. No. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen one. Like, I think I've seen one on a dog, Dude, but I've never seen gross. one on a human. Yeah, we that, went, we went, we went. Me and a buddy went uh, hunting, and we got a deer. And they're fucking covered in them. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. It's and deer a, stink. Have you ever been around fucking? They stink bad. Like I a put it in my, or something? I put it in my trunk. Well, dude, they don't, take, my car. they don't take showers, bro. Double they stink. Yeah. Well, they probably have like gross scent glands or something probably. to attract each other. But I, I put it in the trunk of my car. <laughs> <laughs> which, which car? The, the Mazda. We didn't have a truck. The 92 Project? <clears throat> yep. We had to take it up into the hills to gut it and whatever. And I shoved it in the trunk, drove it up the hill, and then my buddy ended up cutting the stomach, and you're not supposed to cut the stomach because of bile and shit leak. But if you wash it off quick enough, it's good. But he was like, oh, I cut it. We can't can't keep the meat. And he rolled the fucker down the hill. Oh, dude. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, you can wash it off. You just can't have it sit in the bile for, very like, you know, a day. Yeah, it'll spoil the meat, right? Yeah. yeah. But if you get to it and you get it clean, then you're good. But we didn't know that. He fucking rolled it did it? Hill. Did it mess up the trunk? Oh, my car stunk <laughs> for days, dude. It was horrible. I had a, I had a, I put a tarp down so the blood and shit wouldn't leak everywhere. But it stunk for days. Yeah, Yuck. yeah, that's no good. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when uh, a friend of ours had crabs in their trunk in a cooler, <laughs> and then the cooler spilt? I remember when you fuckers threw jellyfish on my car. And they froze. <laughs> froze overnight. We used to fuck with this car all the time. We'd put Where did you get put, the jellyfish? At the beach. Oh. We'd go and pick <laughs> mushrooms and shit and bring shit back. Yeah, dude. I come, I come out. We put, con, we put lube condoms on this fucking windshield wiper. So when you went like this, it would fucking lube straight. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, dude. The jellyfish. Man, that's, that's dedication, dude. I didn't do that one. Yeah, I don't. Did Hoover do it? I don't no, remember. It was John. Oh. Hey, when did you guys meet? Was that a like middle Eighth school? Is when we kind of started hanging out, but it was freshman year when we really started mm-hmm. hanging out, right? Yeah, I, we just had that conversation the other day. I think, dude, was it last night when I, I out last night. when I moved to the Dalles, I tr- there's only there was Dry Hollow, there was Colonel Wright, and then what's the one in Watonka? St. Mary's? No. St. Mary's. St. Mary's. There's like there's like four elementary schools, and the one that I that my parents took me to because I was in kindergarten, they mm-hmm. took me to Colonel Wright where this guy went, and they were full, and so I couldn't get into it, so I had to go to Dry Hollow. Yeah, and I went to Dry Hollow, you know, up through fifth grade, and then when we got to middle school, that's when I met him. But we didn't start hanging out until like it was like Senior, eighth grade, eighth freshman year. Yeah. That was a good when time. When did I start hanging out with you? I, I was, was trying to fuck. think about that, but we moved to... I got to hit the bathroom. You keep going up. Planet Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I can put a condom over his... 
yeah, what, when did we... You guys moved in. Yeah, I was like almost five. So we probably met like the first time. Because I know my mom said when we moved up there, she didn't know anybody. And then Kathy was so nice to her. And they like became, you know, best friends right away. Mm-hmm. So we probably met. Right then. Yeah. Around that time. Much. And then one summer, I don't know, we must have been like six or seven when we were obsessed with Dances with Wolves. Do you remember oh, that? fuck yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, and we would watch it and then go chase my parents' sheep around and throw spears at them. <laughs> <laughs> but but then they were in Buffalo. Do you remember going in the back and you, there was that creek that ran uh-huh. and we'd try to catch frogs and shit? Yeah, yeah. We, we, did we ever catch any frogs? I don't think no, we did. I, I think one of those um, neighbor kids, one of the greens told us about catching them. And I remember we... Um, we would make like nets and attach fish hooks to them <laughs> with worms. And try to yeah, and thought we would catch frogs that way. But uh, we definitely could catch them. But I don't think our little tricks ever worked. Yeah, that was fun roaming yeah. around. Had that tree fort. Remember that tree fort? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a zip line. Oh yeah. yeah. Your line. brother and Ron would play, and then we would just play. It's pretty sweet. Way to grow yeah, up. Yeah, that was a know? fun way to grow up. Watch out. What are you talking about? Oh, we're just talking about growing up when Cody would come visit. We're trying to think of the first time we met, but we couldn't remember. But when you two met? I do remember one time you wrote my sister a love note. Whoa. Dude, I had a huge crush on your sister. Mm. I had a crush on your mom too. <laughs> <laughs> I never told you that one. It's okay. Um I remember, do you remember my, the, the car we had that it looked like a, the robot car? Yeah, it talked to you and shit. Yeah. My brother told me that a chunk of Hawaii was supposed to fall into the ocean, and then if it did, there's a big tidal wave coming. And I remember driving back from Kathy's, going down the gorge, and looking out. There's a, the back, the trunk window was huge. <clears throat> and if you sat in the back seat, you could look at it. And I sat there and looked out that window the whole time. All the way home, waiting for the tidal wave, thinking that the tidal wave was just going to come rushing through the gorge and kill me. I was so fucking petrified. I was so scared. Yeah, that, well, there's a thing where there's supposed to be that big earthquake because there's that plate that goes underneath the plate of Juan de Fuca that makes all the Cascade Mountains. And every 200 to 900 years, there's a huge, like, 9.0 earthquake. And we're 300 years since the last one. So there's like a... Yeah, but a, a tidal wave from the Pacific isn't going to hit Portland. No, but what's going to happen to Portland is I guess all the gas storage is on a part of the river where they turned it from like marshland into um, semi-solid ground. But when an earthquake happens, it liquefies. Mm. And like, so all the gas supplies are going to get destroyed. And they think like Portland will be out of power for at least six weeks a, and they told us that in like fifth grade when we're going on a field trip to um, the <laughs> Oregon Coast Aquarium. So I've been scared of that <laughs> yeah. my whole life. Oh, God. But what are you supposed to do, you know? I think it's a 15% chance that'll happen in the next 50 years. So Well, Portland's pretty fucked right now, so it's okay. <laughs> Have yeah. you seen Portland recently? No, well, I drove up here. I saw – but I'm from Eugene, so. Is it pretty bad there, homeless? Yeah. It's a – I think – Highest per capita in the country, maybe. Really? Yeah. Um, Kamala Harris's husband came actually about a month ago to check out the homeless camps and see some stuff in town. And he actually went to this uh, 
distillery down there called Thinking Tree, where it was the first distillery to make hand sanitizer. But yeah, Eugene has a lot of homeless people, and it's such a um, tricky thing to think and talk about. Yeah, yeah. But I was I was thinking about that a lot. I was hoping we kind of get into it. Cause you, you want to talk about homeless? Mm, we could. I mean, I hope I don't put my foot in my mouth. But what I, I did some research about it. Fuck, I and um, there's it's it's. I think what's really tricky about it is there's like a not a single homeless person, right? There's like you have people who are mentally unstable. You have people who don't want to work. You have like people that are like convicted of like predatory sex crimes, so they can't live somewhere because no one will rent to them. But then you also have like single mothers who were uh, avoiding domestic assault and like transgender teenagers who can't live at home. So you have like this dichotomy of like the some of the worst predator predatory type people in our society, and then some of like the most, I guess, uh, vulnerable people. Well, I was always under the impression that the majority of them were mentally unhealthy, mentally ill, right? I would, I would think so. I mean, I think what's tough is like chicken or egg in that one, because if you're already mentally unstable, or if you or I had to try to live rough for a month, I think we would get pretty messed up. Yeah. Oh yeah, it dude. Be an easy life. No. I've been doing. I've been working a lot in Southeast Portland off of like 82nd and. Pal area, and it's super bad there. Needles fucking everywhere. Um, but there was one. I was standing there working on a pole, and this little, this lady was gardening, and this guy fucking walks up, and he's had a metal pipe, and he's screaming and yelling at her. He, I mean, he didn't get like he was probably twenty five feet away, but he's screaming and yelling. He's waving this pipe around, and I'm sitting there waiting, and making sure nothing's gonna happen. He tur- he walks off, turns around, starts screaming, and yelling at her again. And I'm standing there, and, like, six cops roll up. Oh, wow. And they're like, hey, did you see this, blah, blah, blah? And I was like, yeah, he was screaming and yelling. He had a pipe and everything. And I see the guy walk back by, and I was like, there he is right there. And, dude, they fucking went over, talked to him, and let him go. And it's like, what would it take for well, them to actually do something? T- the dude's waving a fucking pipe yeah. at an old lady. I have a very similar story. And they let him go. So down in Eugene... I was living in this place called The Wit, which I moved out of because I moved in with just my girlfriend instead of roommates. And it's kind of what was the cool neighborhood, but kind of poor and next to a lot of homeless camps. And we would get people camping out kitty corner to where we lived. And normally if people were cool and didn't cause problems, we wouldn't like tell anybody. But if they were causing a lot of problems, we'd call like non-emergency and they'd come and tell me to at least move or whatever. And... um these guys across the street from us started – they set up like an open-air bike chop shop. Like they're just bringing in bikes, cutting them up, and t- transporting them out or whatever. And uh, my girlfriend and I came home kind of later at night, um, and we're walking down the street. And I had just seen like my buddy posted something like my, my bike had been stolen. It was a very distinct bike. And I see this bike over there. It looks a lot like it. So I didn't even walk towards it, but from across the street, I was kind of like, that kind of looks like my friend's bike. I wonder if I should like take a picture, check it out. We're kind of trying to figure that out. And there's like nobody there and there's always people there. So I thought like, maybe I should look. And I was kind of like looking 
And I hear this voice like, hey, you, you that just got out of that uh, silver Subaru, which wasn't a silver Subaru. Like, don't fucking look at my shit. Stay out of my shit. Like, what the fuck are you doing? So my girlfriend and I are like, well, fuck. This guy seems pretty mad. And we were right by our house, but we didn't want to go into it because we didn't want him to know where we lived. So we like walked and we we're going to like sneak back around and then go back into it. And we get all the way around and almost back. And the guy shows up on his bike and he has one of those extendable batons. And he whips it out and he's like, man, this, my bike's worth 2,000 bucks. I just bought it for 300 bucks. Why are you trying to take my bike? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like very menacing. And I'm like, I'm going to have to fight this guy, you know, fly boy style. <laughs> <laughs> but, and like, I'm like, my girlfriend, like, get your phone out. Get ready. And she's like, my phone's almost dead. And it's like, get behind me. And then I'm like, hey, what do you want? You want, you want some money? He's like, yeah, give me your money. And I opened my wallet and had like $2. So I gave him the money. And then he's like, hey, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's real hard. I, it's, thanks for, for, you know, giving me that money. And I was like, you just <laughs> robbed me. You didn't. Yeah. And then he left. And then the next day, we're like, what, what should we do? Because we're like pretty like bleeding heart lefties. So we're like, oh, we don't want to hurt him or tell, call the cops. It'll be worse. But then... He and his friends were just, like, spinning these clubs and chains across the street, like, staring at us, looking for us. I'm like, fuck. So we call non-emergency, and we tell them what's up. And they're like, well, do you guys want to press charges? And we're kind of like, oh, I don't know. And they're like, well, we, we're not going to do anything unless you say you want to. So we're like, okay, we will. And they come, and they hear our story. Well, all these guys are seeing us talk to the cops, which makes me kind of uncomfortable. And then they go over, and they're like, well, we have to talk to him. Go over talk to some people come back and talk to us. And they're like, oh, yeah, his friends ratted him out. His friends said, like, he scared some people off with his club. So we got him and arrested him. And then we, like, found out his name. I forget his name. It was, like, very weird. It was, like, Xavier Vaughn something. Was it Bagel? No, it wasn't Bagel. (laughs) (laughs) But then it turns out that the – because, like, part of my, like, thought process was, like, this guy is – if he did that to us, he's going to do it to somebody else. And we got off kind of lucky, right? So – and then it turns out he had a – we looked at looked him up, looked up his record. He had, like, almost killed a guy in the park by beating him with a shovel. And he was wanted for, like, weird sex stuff with a minor. Mm-hmm. And he'd been in trouble with meth a lot. And it was like, fuck, that guy was a, a, a bad, bad dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, what are they going to do? Like, Because he, he also had a warrant out for not showing up for a prior charge, too. Yeah. And it's like, what? How? how is that – what's that – Supposed to, what what are they supposed to do about that? I mean, they did arrest him. I don't know if he went to jail or yeah. got in more trouble, but he's a scary dude. Well, dude, I wonder how how do they find out who a person is if they're homeless like that? You know what I mean? Because it's not like they have ID. Well, maybe when they take him in, like we we found out later who he was, so they must have used his fingerprints. Mm. But it was. Um, are you, you're pretty sure it was your bike? No, I don't even know. It was my buddy who his bike was missing, and he had just posted a thing, yeah. Sanan, who's a Kurd. But not that that matters, but that's I brought it up earlier. But um, he – so I was just kind of like looking at it. Like it, it would like had a distinct um, saddle on it or seat and like was kind of a fancy bike, and it could have been his. Like I didn't even get within – you know, I was like 50 feet away mm-hmm. across the street on a corner just looking at the guy. Well, I mean, Eugene's a pretty liberal place. Yeah. And so do you think there's any correlation between things that are happening being, 
in liberal environments. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I hear people say, like, one of the arguments about, like, why we shouldn't help people is that if you have, like, lax drug laws or if you're, you know, like, make it so you can't get somebody in trouble for, like, even camping on your property and stuff like that, that's going to attract people. And I kind of understand at least that thought process, the idea that homeless people don't want to hang out in places that they're going to get in trouble for. But I also think a lot of it is the climate, right? Like, Eugene has more homeless people than Chicago. Uh, but if you're in Chicago in the wintertime and there's a cold snap, you're going to die. Well, that's the thing. That's why, that's why there's 70,000 homeless people in L.A. Because yeah. L.A. would be badass to be homeless in. Yeah, wouldn't be too bad. No. I mean, no. you become an actor. Too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I know some people who work... Um, at Whitebird and Cahoots. I don't know if you've heard of those places, but they're kind of like been in the news because they're um, like alternatives to the police. If there's like just a weird person being weird, you can call them instead of the police and they like know how to, they're like crisis management. And my uh, friend Ben was telling me that there is a bottleneck with the homeless issue because they did a study about what it would take to like help all the people in Eugene. And they have, he was saying they have a lot of programs set up to like help people get houses or get the mental health um, that they need or get medication and things like that. But what they don't have is, and then they have shelters, but all, all the shelters are like, you have to be sober, you can't be with a family kind of thing, or it's like just for men and you have to be sober and just for women here and you have to be sober. He's saying what they need is like a place that has less restrictions. Like, you can come here. We don't care if you're fucked up. You can do that. Because he was saying, like, a lot of the programs to help people, if you, like, if you miss the appointment or something, there's, like, there's so many people on the list, we're not, you have to go to the end again. Yeah. And it's, like, pretty hard, like, to find a place to charge your phone or to get ready to go to your appointment and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it was some sort of low barrier shelter is what he thought. Well, dude, that's got to be insanely uh, dangerous for people that have to work at places like, like that too, man. You're dealing with people who are either on drugs or mentally ill and you gotta you gotta manage expectations and figure out how to handle that. I dude. think though, I think the people that work there get their the type of training and they have the right mentality where it's about like, I've been hanging out, I've hung out with that guy and you'll you'll see somebody walking down the street that's like freaking out and like saying they're going to kill themselves or being weird or like trying to walk into traffic or banging their head on a tree and he'll like get into work mode and he'll go talk to them and he'll be like okay I called white bird they're coming I'm going to go check on this guy and he'll talk to the guy and he can talk the dude down and the dude will just start talking to him about his problems and and things like that or he'll be like the guy's fine he's not um I guess if somebody's actually going to hurt themselves, they don't interact with you. If they want to tell you about all their issues and what they want is to talk to somebody. Yeah. But, yeah, I think what they you don't need is, like, a cop coming up to them and trying to, like, you know, hassle them. Yeah. And push them around and stuff. Mm-hmm. You need some sort of very, like, gentle soul mm-hmm. to come and talk Well, and even if the cop did anything, put them in jail or whatever – They'll sit in jail for a day or two, and then they'll be back out with no help, no nothing. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're back right where I they're think, at. I think it's cheaper to just, like, give somebody a house 
and like essentially pay for the rent than it would be to put somebody in jail for a year. So it's kind of like even if you looked at things, like I heard in in uh, Salt Lake City, they did a thing where they just gave all the homeless people houses and just worked. And there's like people had houses and they were able to like get on their feet. Cause I mean, there's so many people that are homeless now. And it's, I think you have to think of it like a equation kind of, right? Where it's like people lose their job and lose their house and there's no houses for them. They're gonna be homeless. Like it's different. It seems like different people now mm-hmm. than 10 years ago or whatever. You know, like I, when I lived in Portland, it was like, a crazy fat guy would be the homeless guy pushing his cart around and like you knew he was nuts. And now it looks like people that look like people we would know who had some some bad problems. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. what. How do people... I know there's also... I, um, I had to uh, talk to a park down in Eugene. You guys are going to like this. So I went to... uh been gardening. So I'm trying to build this trellis out of sticks. I'm trying to get sticks to build like a trellis for vines to grow on. So I go down to this park in Eugene, Alton Baker Park, and I take my dog. And it was a pretty fun park on the river, right by campus, usually like people playing beer pong and hanging out, like pretty nice place. I go down there, it's a bunch of hobo camps, a bunch of garbage everywhere. With my dog, trying to watch her, but I don't have her on leash. Collect my sticks, go back, get home. Less than like 45 minutes later, she seems like off. She seems really lethargic. I like try to give her a treat. She can't like walk. And I'm like, fuck, I think my dog got poisoned or had a stroke or something. So my girlfriend and I take her to the emergency vet because it's like Sunday night. And we tell them the story and they run her vitals and they're like, yeah, we think she ate a homeless person's shit and got laced with drugs. What? And that Whoa. happens a lot. And she's in Alton Baker Park. Like that's pretty common. We see this all the time. And it's just like, fuck. My da- you know, she ate, like, a pot brownie, essentially. Yeah. But I thought, like, maybe she got into, like, a clandestine meth lab or something worse. Like, now I know, like, oh, yeah, she was stoned big time because it affects dogs a lot. But it's scary. That's crazy. Yeah, man. just comes right back out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all in the turd. And, you know, they're saying now that weed's legal, some people just, like, consume so much of it. Their tolerance is so high. Well, and it probably wasn't weed, man. It was probably something else. Mm-hmm. Probably heroin or something. Well, they were telling us, like, you can tell, like, if the dog eats meth, what it's like. Yeah. I was like, well, yeah. She definitely wasn't on that. And her pupils were huge, so I don't think it was heroin. But she was definitely tripping for a few days. <laughs> but she's, she's better now. Dude, but. that's got to suck to be a dog tripping. Yeah. Yeah, like... They don't know. No, dude. <laughs> yeah. But I've had dogs who like to get high. Like They know. Like, um, <laughs> it wasn't me. I had a girlfriend. Who it get, wasn't me. <laughs> well, my girlfriend at the time, her dad would get our dog high. And he'd be like, she likes it. And she, she could smell when he was smoking. And she'd go up, hang out with him, and then come back and just be fucking stoned. <laughs> and I was like, I don't... She's an adult at that point. Mm-hmm. Me and my buddy got a, a rat high. <laughs> and it died the next day. Damn. You got it high on weed. On weed. Yeah. Put it in a shoebox and go smoke under it and it died like the next day or day later. We also remember the the fucking trailer we lived in, that pond that was by there that had frogs? Mm-hmm. Same guy. We went and 
put a shit ton of frogs in a two liter bottle and we <laughs> blew a bunch of smoke in it and capped it and let it sit in there for an hour or whatever. And then we let the frogs go. How'd you get the frogs in the top with the two with the hole, man? Frogs, they're little guys. Little, little frogs. <laughs> but what did they do when you let them go? Oh, fuck, I don't know. I've got a slug high before. <laughs> and then watched it slugs are like, already high, dude. Well, then watched it like eat a Cheeto like crazy. I think it got the munchies big time. But, <laughs> yeah, it's got to be wild, man. Can you imagine being a dog? And then can you imagine being a dog when they're high? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if they get. I know, like cats, right? They get high on catnip, mm-hmm. and they know what they're doing. And dogs get into weird shit, so they must know sometimes. Like I ate something weird, and I feel. But catnip, up. catnip makes them horny, right? No, it makes them crazy. It makes them crazy. I thought it made them yeah, horny. They get super energized, and why would you give a cat catnip? To like it, man. Mm-hmm. I get my well, cat you want to give a cat catnip because it makes it horny. Is that what <laughs> you <wanna do? laughs> yeah, you know, if you're like you're trying to breed that uh, oh. Persian kitty cat you got, you know, you just like catnip. Yeah. Does, I don't know if it makes them horny, but well, why the why would you want your cat all jacked up, dude? They're already crazy enough, man. My cat's yeah. fat and lazy, dude. When I give him catnip, he's fucking awesome. What, what does he do? Eat it? Well, you, it's a it's grass, and then when it's dry, they grind it up, and he just. Rolls in it, rubs his face in it. <laughs> Rolls a joint out of it. Yeah. <laughs> one-handed like my dad used to do. Yeah. He could roll joints one-handed driving down the road. Man, I want to I wanna hear about uh, your dad and John Callahan. Because I just saw this movie, Don't, Don't worry. worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. And that, it was... That movie's awesome. It was really great. It's Joaquin Phoenix, 2018. Like you, the movie he made before Joe he Hill. won you, uh, the, the you, you went to the, the premiere, didn't mm-hmm. you? I saw the, there's a couple of the actors were there. None of the main. None Fucking of the, like, Jack Black, him. dude. Yeah, he's great in it. He's the one that got in the wreck and made him crippled. Dude, he I have away. not seen that. Dude, that movie's awesome. There's a reference a part of, in the movie. So, you know the rat he had? His pet rat? Yeah. That's the one you got high? No. <laughs> he was like... <laughs> I in the movie he was like, "What's your rat's name or whatever?" And he says, uh, "Chambers." But then and then it, it changed. He only just said it one time. Well, Chambers is one of John's best friends, who's one of my dad's really good friends. Uh, that guy. That's his. Um, he was there, but. Uh, yeah, his his rat's name was Chambers. Okay, so for anybody that's listening or watching, tell them what you're talking about. Because who's John Callahan? So John Callahan you- is a quadriplegic cartoonist who gotten. He was a complete drunk, bad drunk, um, and he woke up one morning, drank all fucking day long, ended up going to a party with some guy who Jack Black plays, and he they got in a wreck. And he woke up in the hospital quadriplegic, and Jack Black, or the, the guy walked away from it with barely even a scratch. But John Callahan. So uh, John Callahan was the passenger. Was his passenger. He was asleep and he woke up in the hospital. So he lives in, he lived in Portland, and he started doing really controversial cartoon drawings, and he would get death threats and all kinds of shit because he's making fun of handicapped people. 
and while a lot he, of people while he was handicapped. Yeah, and a lot of people didn't know he was handicapped. They just thought he was making fun of them, so they'd send him death threats and all kinds of shit. But they have a memorial downtown um, for him. <laughs> These cartoons are hilarious. Yeah. So he he so he he got in the car wreck. He became paraplegic, and then he wrote. He, he started he like drawing cartoons. Sort of controls. Yeah, arms, he, I would, think. he could do like weird things with his hands. What, was he a cartoonist before that? I don't think so. I think he doodled, but I, don't, I, I can't remember how it went down. He he may have had like a column or something. I'm not sure. So he he's making fun of himself and other people that are paralyzed, and then mm-hmm. everybody starts freaking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, wasn't it was anti PC a little bit. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. You know, but yeah, he, him, and my dad were friends. Uh, Kathy knew him. Kathy and Dean knew him really well. Um, so did they all go to high school together? Is that kind of yeah? Happening? He went to St. Mary's. He went to the Catholic school, and he talks about it in the movie and shit. But um, my dad, for some reason, started talking to him again. And when I was going to OAC or OCAC, OC, yeah, Oregon College of Art and Craft. I was thought I was kind of failing like writing and shit. I was there for art, not fucking writing and math and stupid shit. So I was failing a little bit and I was like, fuck, maybe if I can get him to come speak, then I'll get some extra credit. And so I had this whole plan going. So my dad took me downtown <laughs> to meet him and uh, I talked to him at a Starbucks for, you know, an hour or whatever. And that was it. That was the only time I ever met the guy. But did you ask him to come speak at the school? I can't remember if I asked him. <laughs> I was hoping my dad hey, would ask uh, him. I really need some extra credit. Will you come speak? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he died from complications of whatever. Okay, so not to uh, not to shit on his legacy or anything, but why why is it worth making a movie about him? I don't well, what he he overcame so much. I think. Okay. Yeah. And he was kind of a celebrity. So it was interesting, and at least in this movie, he was like a – he had a unique perspective on what was going on, and he wasn't afraid to kind of poke the the tiger, if you will, about uh-huh. like how handicapped people were treated. And I mean, yeah. I think a big part of the movie was his uh, – how he dealt with alcoholism and substance abuse. Yeah. And it's like a – I was reading some uh, reviews of it, and some people thought it was a little bit sappy, but man, it was like tearing me up and – Really, I don't know, just a great movie to watch if you want to watch a kind of darker but inspirational movie. Like he uh, did a bunch of AA and had a lot of Mm -hmm. issues with that but overcame it. I don't know. It's kind of – He had a hot-ass girlfriend. Oh, yeah. His nurse was his girlfriend. Yeah, he banged a couple nurses. It was cool. (laughs) He would have to go down on them so that he can get a boner. Yeah, there's a whole scene about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because he couldn't, he couldn't tell if he was getting hard, could he? Yeah, but they could. Yeah, they could. Oh yeah. There's a <laughs> there's a whole big part about that. There's like a scene where he's uh he goes to like a I don't know like a lecture or seminar about like how to have sex if you're a quadriplegic and what you can do. I don't know. So it's like, um, man, that that would suck so bad because that's that's the whole point is that you feel that that that's why it's the greatest feeling in the world because it's prolonging the human mm. the human life like that's why you like it so much is because that's what you got to do to make more babies yeah if and you if didn't you, like it there wouldn't be anymore exactly and if you can't feel that 
Dude, that's gotta that's well, gotta I'm sure suck. He felt it in other ways, you know. Yeah. That's the thing, I guess. Some people, or he could last a whole long time. Oh man. And uh Right? Maybe he never came again. Yeah. It would be hard and if he couldn't feel it. You'd probably be rough with him too, do S and M stuff. Because <laughs> you guys haven't seen I've I've seen where people can make themselves have an orgasm just by thinking. You've seen that? What strip club was that? Parker, come up on a little bit more. Oh. Yeah, people can control a lot with their mind. Mm. It's not all can about feeling mind control, right bro. What? Do a cock push up? Yeah. <laughs> Just all you need to do. Is all one. you need is one. <laughs> no, that's cool. I uh, yeah, you need to watch it. I have the. Book. I do need to watch it. I think I have a signed copy of the book. No, I can't believe there's that many dude. Joaquin, Jonah Hill, Rooney Mara, Jack Black. That's a lot of people, dude. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of A-list. That girl, Beth, whatever, she was at the premiere, and so was some dude. Yeah, yeah. So, so talk about what it was like going to the premiere. Where it, it was it, cool, dude. This they is had, in Portland. Uh, yeah, it was at I can't remember what the theater was, and it wasn't very big. Um, it was sold out. Um, they had the red carpet, and they had a, the poster, and you know, uh, who's a who the directed director? It? It's a Gus Van Zandt. Yeah, yeah, Gus Van Zandt. He was there. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, he was there. Uh, and then, you know, they would take pictures. I got pictures of him standing in front of the poster and shit. Um, and then, you know, you watch the movie. His family was there. John Callahan's family was there. Um, was Jonah Hill there? No. They went there. <laughs> Neither was Joaquin. But uh, you watch the movie, and then the director comes out, and they do a Q&A for half an hour. And then you're done and you go. But it was really cool because there's a lot of people. A lot of my dad's friends were there. So this was before he died? This was after he died. Mm-hmm. And what did he die in like 2010 or mm-hmm. something? Yeah. yeah, I think it's at 2010. Do you think uh, Jonah Hill can just come with the power of his mind? I don't know. Have you seen his movie he did about skateboarders? He, no. He directed, I did meet someone who had sex with him. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was at my friend's wedding and there's a pretty hot chick there and I was trying to flirt with her. And she was from Hollywood because my friend's a, he's like a film editor. So he knew a bunch of people that were kind of in the industry, but not. And um, she was like hinting the whole time about some famous guy she'd had sex with. And then finally it came out. It was Jonah Hill. And she's like, but it was after he, he wasn't as fat. <laughs> so that was her. Dude, that poor guy, he's a fucking incredible actor. He's like one of my favorites. He's like one of the only ones that could lose weight and still get roles. You know what I mean? Like, if Chris Farley were still alive, there's no way he could lose weight and still get roles. Like, yeah, that, that was, was his whole persona. That was, his, that was his whole deal, man. Yeah. Well, Jonah Hill's also, like, big writer, too, right? He wrote all those movies, too. Well, dude, he's yeah. super... Seth wrote, Rogan wrote a bunch all those movies that they're in. That's why. Well, no, I don't think... I don't think Jonah wrote like super bad. It was um, Seth oh, Seth. it was Seth and I think his name's Evan Goldberg. They were the two that like wrote all that stuff. But um, I'm gonna go pee real quick. Can yeah, I dude, know? go for it. No, no, no. Yeah, man, he dude, he's one of my favorites. He's good. He's funny. He's good at being serious. Like he does the Scorsese stuff, and man, he's so good. Have you seen? You've seen. Uh... Oh, what's that fucking one with Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. That movie is awesome. He does an awesome job in that movie. And then, and then Moneyball. <laughs> yeah, Moneyball. He's That's good in that really too. Good Brad one. Pitt. Yeah, that scene in uh, Wolf of Wall Street when uh, 
he he like uh, they're at the party or whatever, and he's like jerking off in front of everybody. <laughs> Dude, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking about too when I said that movie was that was that fucking. And his wife's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> it's his cousin. Was it his cousin? Mm-hmm. It's his wife, but the the cousins, the oh, first yeah. cousins. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, we're fucking, we're first cousins, we're, we're fucking. Why would I want <laughs> someone else fucking her when I can fuck her?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude. Yeah, Super Bad is one of my favorites. I, I was just watching it the other day. I've yeah, seen it a hundred times, he, dude. Seth wrote that right after college. No, dude. I think him and uh, I gotta find the thing. I think him and and his writing partner Evan Goldberg. I think they wrote Super Bad like when they were in high school. Oh, really? I think so. And then, dude, they worked on it for years. Jesus. And then they. Uh, <laughs> Make a little more noise over there? Yeah. It was so loud. Well, I don't know. I need my beer. You going home tonight? Uh, actually, yeah. I'm going to go, I think. Well, yeah, but um, my little brother and Corey are going to play some music at the Eastside Bar and Grill on 82nd at like 6. So I was going to go stick around till then. And what, Corey, Corey plays? I don't know. He sings or something. Mm-hmm. But um, Hey, do you ever talk to your mom about... Kick my kids towards back riding. Uh, yeah, I did. She's she's down. I was just waiting for her to get the thing, and um, yeah, she, yeah. You guys can come do that. You should you should come down. We'll have a barbecue or something out there, and yeah. kids can ride horses. That'd be awesome. What are you talking about? His mom fucking has horses, and I want the girls to ride a horse. Out and boring. Yeah, yeah. You can come too and do a little remote can podcast. I? Can there I go? you go. Record that shit. Horses are expensive, man. Yeah. Does I'm she like, still have Fawn? No, Fawn passed away. Really? But she was like 20. Yeah. She's had a few, few horses since then. Oh, really? Were you guys roommates for a while? Too, right yeah. Did you like being roommates with each other? At first. Dude, he tried to kill me one night. Yeah, Halloween. We went to a Halloween party, and we came back, and I was I was just started dating my wife, and... Uh, we were, we were getting we, we were getting faded at this party, and uh, he was he was just getting together with his wife, and things were getting serious. And I said some shit I shouldn't have said, and uh, he got really mad. And then I fucking threw up all over somebody's lawn. <laughs> and then we drove back home. And when we got back home, it was me and him and our buddy Boyette. And uh, he was so mad at me because I was talking shit all night that he grabbed me, and I was wearing a white like a white t-shirt and he fucking threw me into the fridge the refrigerator and ripped my shirt off like uh who's the wrestler that always hulk does hogan. that hulk hogan like hulk I hogan ripped his shirt oh off, dude. dude yeah this guy it was brutal he, he he almost killed me I was, it was, and i was just was, like what are you doing well, we dude? lived with each other quite a few times that one was the longest we lived together for two years that that time but uh it was really cool because he was in the recording and I was in the, you know, wanting to be recorded. So mm-hmm. we recorded like, <laughs> I don't know, six or seven of my songs. And I, I played everything on them except for one song he played piano on. And uh, yeah, so I have a bunch of recordings that we did. So that was really fun. It was cool, man. It's like, I don't, I don't care whether it's your kids or your spouse or your best friend or some dude you met on the street. Anytime you live with somebody, you're going to have issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It took a long time for us to have issues, though. I feel. I finally moved out of the house I was living in with just my girlfriend. It's the first time I've ever done that. It's so much better than having roommates. Oh, roommates suck. And my I've brother-in-law been... lives with me right now, and 
he's really cool and he doesn't cause any issues, but it's just these little things that I like my ship ran a certain way and he kind of fucking throws a chink in my chain and I'm not digging on that. But he's only there for another month or so. So I wanted to kind of show you guys, I was um, thinking about the worst roommate I ever had. And I was I, I started to make a little comic book about it. And I didn't finish it. And I wanted to finish it before I came, but stuff happened. But um, I didn't know if, if there's like a thing. I don't know. Maybe we could do it where you take some pictures of this and then put it up while I'm talking about it. I don't yeah. know if that's a... Like, because ideally, I've seen some pretty cool videos where they have like pictures and they kind of do some weird shit. I mean, be... it won't be. Here, let me switch it back. You still painting shit? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but I haven't. I have. I was doing a lot of ceramics at the craft center, but I kind of stopped because I have to focus on finishing my PhD. Becoming a doctor? Oh, sort of. Doctor of what? Te technically, Science? yeah. Doctor of Philosophy in Environmental Science, whatever that means. Sitting next yeah. to a goddamn doctor. No, yeah. <laughs> isn't the isn't the problem though? As soon as you finish, then you have to actually start paying loans. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, so just keep going, dude. Biden's gonna pay those off for you. I'm doing all right. Yeah. Um, so basically, when I lived in Portland, I had this roommate. So you can, if you go this way, it'll probably be kind of small. But if you point it towards here, I mean. Well, I don't know. Maybe could we take pictures afterwards? Just put yeah, them? yeah, we'll do that. Because none of them are too finished, but there are a couple of them are cool. But basically, um, lived in this place. We had a garage, and we didn't really use it. And the way we would, we didn't pay for garbage because we all worked in a catering company, so we had a big truck. When when they would do dump runs, we'd just take all our dump, our garbage with it and get it dumped for free. But we hadn't been uh, mowing the lawn, and the owners of the house were like, we want to do an inspection. So we had this garage, and it had workbenches all around, and we just stuffed the garbage underneath the workbenches, and there was leftover plywood, and we just, like, covered it up, and, mm. and it was just hidden, and we forgot about it. And then later that summer, this guy we worked with who was kind of who was homeless, Adam, he had been living in his car, and he asked if he could live in our garage. And we're like, yeah, you can live in our garage. But it was full of mopeds that we were working on. So we couldn't close the door because there was gas leaks in there. So we didn't want him to die. So he just had his um, uh, mattress and he had this puke bucket. And he would tell us every night that a, a possum would crawl into the garage from outside and would um, cuddle with him every night. Is what he would say. And we're like, you're, this guy's nuts. And we're like, you're nuts. And so we would start making more and more elaborate kind of contraptions to try to keep the possum out, like uh, using milk cartons and cardboard, and it would always get in. So finally, he got rat poison, and he made a circle around his mattress <laughs> with rat poison. And when he woke up the next morning, there were like 12 rats on the inside of the circle, little rats. And so then he's like, oh, they must be in the in the mattress. So he goes to lift it up, and uh, it just peels back. And it had been rotten. And inside of it, there was a rat that was, like, as big as a possum. <laughs> and he'd just fuck? been sleeping in this uh, rat's nest for months. <laughs> and the rats had been, like, eating all the garbage that we left. Inside in the mattress inside, or underneath it? Inside of it. He couldn't even, he went to lift it up to check underneath it and it just ripped apart. Oh my God, say? dude. Trying to lift the mattress. One, uh, what? Dude, what that's like some Stephen King shit, man. That's yeah. funny. 
The mattress was so rotten and decrepit that Adam ripped it in half, peeling the top off the mattress like a boy might open a peanut butter sandwich to check if there were enough pickles inside. (laughs) (laughs) But it was like ripping a toenail off or something. So I I wanted to make a, a comic book about it. And I wanted to have it finished and be like, check out my comic book so I can promote something. But I haven't had time to finish it because I left it at my parents' Dude, house. that's They're awesome. Yeah. So you, you lived in the same house with this guy? I lived in a, the house uh, with my buddy John and my buddy Aaron. And then we had the garage. And this was on, like off of, uh, what was it, in Selwood, kind of by Oaks Bottom. So it was, it was an all right place. So he uh, lived in the garage. Mm-hmm. And he had the mattress out there, and then these rats just like dug up. They like nibbled a little hole and then crawled inside there yeah. and just set up. And yeah, and he, I mean, and then the rat would crawl out on him every night. But he just thought it was. I mean, dude. he thought it was a possum, and it must have been so big. Jesus, fucking rat! But Portland rats are nasty, dude. How does that guy just have nightmares every night about that, that man? That guy is a nightmare. <laughs> I don't know. He's He's a strange character. So he would have to sleep in the garage with the the door open every night? Yeah, but he had been sleeping in in his car that was so filthy. Mm. He didn't even know how gross it was. But that's rad. So do you have a bunch of paintings up in the attic in the garage at your house where you used to paint? I still have some. I have some cool ones that I made. Maybe I'll send uh, a couple. Another thing I want to do was take some pictures. I have one kind of like that that you brought. Um, and I wanted to kind of make prints of it because Maxwell actually had his, his buddy that's an artist on. And I thought it was cool that that guy had like a website and stuff. And it's like, man, that would be kind of neat to have. Or like paintings are neat, right? But I almost feel like the painting itself would be better if then you also sold prints of it, mm-hmm. you know, so people could have it or something like that. I have that. I don't know what – I think you, you said your grandma had it, but it, you have a – bunch of different paintings that make one big painting yeah it's yeah, a, a picture of that yeah that thing is one of my coolest fucking things i've had that for 20 plus years now sitting yeah maybe so, not 20 years but oh, I've had could, it yeah it could be had for a long well, time not 20 but over 10 15 probably at least but, yeah and it still sits in my fridge it's paintings are weird right like my girlfriend went to art school too and they're like trying to like one thing that they were trying to teach her was about marketing and the like if you break it down she does oil paintings like the amount you'd have to charge for a painting to even make minimum wage would be like at least a thousand dollars Jesus and it's like who has money for that you know like that that means that you're gonna really have to gear your art towards a very specific crowd right that can afford that but if you were to take a picture of it which I guess the best way to do it is with like a nice camera and then just Make prints, prints. and yeah, and sell them for like 20 20 bucks or 25 bucks, and maybe it costs you five bucks per print. When I was going to school, my ceramics teacher uh, had just gotten back from a big show in New York, and he said, It doesn't matter who the artist is or what kind of art it is, if you don't have your shit priced expensive, people are going to be like, Oh, that's garbage. Yeah. So you overprice all your work so that, you know, these rich fucks would be like, oh, this is a $100,000 painting. I'm going to buy it. Well, what what's weird about that is there's kind of a, I don't know if it's a scam, but it's a thing where I know there's some tax evasion that can happen with art because 
if you buy a piece of work, it becomes worth the amount you paid for it, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then there's some things that they can do where, um, like Oregon, the University of Oregon has a really nice art museum. And a guy I was talking to, one of my sister's friends, was saying the way that they get all this nice work, like they get like Picassos and Van Goghs and like really famous stuff, is because if somebody buys art somewhere, Oregon will let them show it off somewhere in Oregon and then it becomes like part of Oregon or something or like technically they purchase it through the state of Oregon or something and then they don't have to pay taxes on it. Hmm. So it's Dude. like a way that you can spend a million dollars on something and then not have to pay taxes on that million dollars and have a thing that's worth a million dollars but not have to pay the taxes on it. And then Oregon students get the benefit of seeing like really cool shit but it's also kind of weird like that it's a, a tax haven. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so check this out right here. When when I worked at the Portland Art Museum, they I don't think they ever disclosed who actually purchased it, but it was this triptych by Francis Bacon. And oh yeah, that guy's trippy. I don't know a lot about art, but triptych as far as I know is three pieces that are summed together as one, right? Mhm. So somebody paid at the time that this was purchased and shown at the art museum it was like 60 million dollars 70 80 like some crazy amount of money and somebody in oregon purchased it and showed it there and we were the only place that could display it and it was something along those lines where there's some sort of tax incentive to purchasing it and showing it and and i think they actually house it at the art museum and because it's in an institution like that you get some sort of tax break and so that's why a lot of these people purchase art because it's a great uh, investment because it's only going to go up in value you spend 10 million dollars now it's going to go up in 10 years total societal collapse right exactly then you should have bought axes or whatever (laughs) but right like I think it'd be like water say one of us you know put ten thousand dollars in Dogecoin a year ago, mm-hmm. and then we made two million. Mm-hmm. What it's worth now, and then you wanted to take that money out, right? You'd have to pay taxes on your revenue that you made. But if you were to buy a two million dollar painting or something, and then there's like a way to avoid it. I don't know how it works though. You just got to be rich. Poor. You got to be rich, and you got to have smart lawyers. Yeah, and good did, accountants. Did you buy any Doge? No. No, Farger. No. You buy some Doge. What? 175 bucks for what? How much was it though? 77 cents or something. Oh, so you lost money. I lost money. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sitting there. I was all fucking drinking, and it was the it was uh, Friday, the day before Elon Musk was oh, on Saturday so Night Live. Like the like, worst time. I was like, dude, it's gonna blow up. He's gonna talk about it. I'm gonna be a millionaire tomorrow. And That's what everybody fucking, thought. It, I, yeah. I should have bought it after it dropped, and then I would have made seventeen percent or whatever. And like, who cares? Because I don't have enough money to where gaining seventeen percent matters. Because I'd rather do something, you know. I I made some money off of it, but uh, I have a friend who his, his it's like his sister's boyfriend or something like that. He bought a few grand like a year ago, so he's up. He made $110,000. He made $15,000 in one day. I sent you that screenshot. 15 grand in one day. That'd be, that'd be tough. 
Because I, I don't know. I don't know what I would do if I had that amount of money. That's what I asked him. I was like, what is he going to do with it? Dude, if I just got $110,000. Down payment on a house or something? I would, I would do but, something crazy, man. But the housing market, mm-hmm. you might lose all your money too, right? Yeah. I mean, we talked about that last time. Dude, my mm-hmm. house is... I just got it appraised because I had to, I uh, refinanced it. Because you put that new, uh, sweet new sidewalk in. Yeah, you're looking <laughs> like that. It's pretty nice. Did he send you a picture? That's out on uh, social media. Nice. Twelve and a half bags, baby. Twelve and a half bags. And fucking about had a stroke. <laughs> why, why? Why half? Why not thirteen? That thing must be because I, I had a half of because I had a half a bag to start with. Hmm. Um. Yeah. It's <laughs> just sounds cooler when you say twelve and a half. Yeah. And I did it all by hand in a five-gallon bucket, a bag, a half a bag at a time. Mm. It's like when you worked at Rick's Custom Fencing. You wrote your name on every fence that you I put in. I didn't write my name on the slab, though. I was, I was going to. You, I dude, that's the best part about pouring yeah, concrete. You put your handprint or your initials. In it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should tell me. <laughs> Skyler, Skyler, how many sidewalks have your dick in, Brett? I haven't done that yet. <laughs> but I think I've drawn some dicks. But they're really fun. Yeah, they're like a, you know, archetypal image. Yeah. Like, you know, right? Like, you look at a petroglyph, and there's a dick. <laughs> you know, it's a dick. Like, dick and a balls. Lizard, it's a guy, UFO, and dick. Yeah. And an antelope or something. Yeah. It doesn't change. It's like somebody getting hit in the nuts. That'll be funny forever. Yeah. Not when it's you. Well, yeah. Well, if you can laugh it off, you know. This motherfucker squeezed my nuts one time when we were fighting <laughs> on the trampoline. I remember that one of them. <laughs> I did. Yeah, he's a dirty fighter though. No, you were like a well, fucking kind of because he's fly man. The fucker. Fucking Ron and Shane would make me fight the Greens. Oh yeah, he'd make me fight neighbor. They'd make me fight neighborhood kids. I almost ripped off Stevie Green's ear. Sweet. It was bleeding behind it, dude. Uh, <laughs> Uh, on, on the street that I lived, there were like tons of kids, you know, and we'd all just go play outside all day, you know, throughout the summer. We'd play like kick the can, we'd play uh, capture the flag, and we'd have these basketball tournaments. And so, dude, we'd be down there do- playing basketball, and we'd have like the traditional three-point line, uh-huh. but then we'd also have a four-point line, and we'd have a five-point line. So I'm out there playing this kid this one day, and... Uh, Dude, he it, it, the the buzzer's going down, you know, and there's like three seconds left, and he jumps back, shoots a fadeaway jumper, four pointer, boom, fucking crushes it, wins the game. I run over there and start choking <laughs> him out, dude. <laughs> and everybody's like, "No, dude, stop! What are you doing?" Shit got heated when we were kids, man. Fuck yeah. Sweet. Do you uh, across the street from your house? The I can't remember the names. They have that metal factory. Oh, the Calcanos. So back behind there, did you ever go back there and ride bikes? It was like a fucking dirt half pipe. No, back there. I heard about that. You, oh god, I was so good fun. at bikes. You you told me about that when we were kids, but I was mm. I didn't like I was I, I was crashed every bike I've ever ridden. Are you talking about motorbikes or bicycles? Bicycles. Yeah. There's some really cool places to ride bikes around there. One time I was riding a bike when I was like 20 around my parents' house, and I went down to Hoglam Road, which is like the next road down. There's some kids that were the neighbor, like little brothers of kids I went to school with. So they're in high school at the time. They were on some mini bike. I was like, let me ride that mini bike. And I got on it and I crashed into the fence instantly. And I rode my bike off and crashed that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't mess around. Try not to. I, uh, I ride a bike in Eugene, though. And I was 
turns out I had like been sitting on my nuts when I was riding the bike and hurt hurt my nuts. But I thought maybe I had contracted an STD from this uh, <laughs> this uh, young woman I've been dating. And I go to the university doctor, and the doctor's like, "Okay, I'll check. You know, what's up?" And he says, "You you don't have an STD, but um, I think I recommend that you stop masturbating." And I said, "Like what? Like am I doing it wrong? <laughs> am I like rubbing it wrong and causing all this friction?" He's like, "No, you need. You just need to stop masturbating." I said, "Like should I use lube or something like that?" He said, "No, you you need to stop." And I was like, "Well, why?" He said, "Because well, this is a doctor's office." What? <laughs> you fucking geek. <laughs> no, but actually. The truth is, I told that joke to a doctor when he was checking my nuts. <laughs> didn't like it. But I had a female doctor check my nuts, and she was like squeezing on them and playing with them. I'm like, you better stop doing that. That was that was a thing. Like you had to turn your head and cough. Yeah. Well, do you I've still have to do that? I'm, yeah. I've only ever had a male doctor do it, and then I had. Were you scared uh, you were going to get a boner? I did. Or, no, I didn't get a boner. But I, was, <laughs> I was afraid that I was going to because she wasn't like. Dude, doctor doesn't want to fucking fondle your balls, but she's like, you need to check your your tes- testicles like this to see if there's lumps. That's, and she's like, fondling my nuts, dude. That's where pedophiles begin their career, right? Can you imagine if that's your, well? I'm just saying, like, can you imagine if it's your job to touch fucking twelve year olds' balls? Mm. <laughs> I'd rather not imagine <laughs> that. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a job you want, really. Like, if you're a doctor, I just I mean, met a person who's going to med school to be a pediatrician so i guess some people want that job <laughs> my aunt tried to be a pediatrician and it was just telling kids they had leukemia so she switched uh, like it's not a fun no you know like oh, i want to help kids and then it's like fuck no yeah you ever um you guys ever do stand-up comedy no you i'm trying? not funny I'm not yeah funny. you are not funny. not funny like that it just comes to me there was a yeah it's hard right writing a joke is hard right it's it's easy to Say something and make people laugh, but trying to write one is tough. Mm. And um, the, at, at the University of Oregon, they had like stand-up night on Wednesdays at the brewery that's on campus. And I, I went to check it out. And I'd seen it a few years ago, and it was really bad because it was all people talking about like being at church camp and like not wanting to get a hand job at church camp or something. It's like really stupid shit. It's like, get the hand job, idiot. But um, this was prompted because I have a a friend who his job is to translate scientific papers into English. And he was pretty good at it. And so one of his job, like one of his contracts was to write the – translate the script of the Korean president of the Proctology Society's acceptance speech and – we were like laughing, like you should put in some proctology jokes into it because he won't know and like they're not going to read it. So we looked up on the internet and there's like one proctology joke. And it's just that the doctor comes in with a big finger. So we started writing all these proctology jokes and we came up with them. And in Eugene, there's this guy named Frog who's like a famous guy and he makes these joke books, right? And he sells them for a dollar. He's this old hippie. And he, you know, he makes all the all of them, and they're kind of some of them funny, and he sells them to students. So I made up a fake one 
frog's proctology joke for kids. And so then I did this um, stand-up where then I was reading these proctology jokes, pretending they were the jokes this guy Frog wrote. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think they're pretty funny, but I don't think they're like very good for kids. And so like, like one of them was like, uh, a proctologist went to Egypt. What was his favorite site? The Sphinx tour. You know? <laughs> or um, what's a proctologist's favorite candy bar? The Butterfinger. Right? It's kind of. And then, um, why did the proctologist have to keep buying new BMWs? He always wrecked them. <laughs> and then, and then I was like, um, but then I think they're getting a little bit like not really for kids. And I was like, uh, what do you get when you mix a proctologist and a dentist? A bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> uh, what do you get when you make a mix a proctologist and an optometrist? Pink eye. Right? That's kind of funny. Um, so did you do these as stand-up? Yeah, I did them at stand-up. And, like, people were kind of – that new frog and thought it was real, that this was his new book. And then um, – Like, what's the artist that nobody knows who it is? You know what I'm talking about? It's like one word. Bixby. What the – Oh, Banksy. Banksy. It's like, it's like you're, you're the frog guy, but nobody knows it. Well, well, they knew who he was. And then I was like, uh, <clears throat> did you hear about the medical genius – with dual degrees in proctology and gynecology. It's a real shocker for his female patients. Shocker. Get it? Know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, when did you do these? When did you perform these? This was a couple years ago. And then I made a Trump proctology joke. And I want to tell you guys. So I want it to be documented on the internet. <laughs> and I thought it was pretty good, but it only works with Trump. So I'll do it off the fly. Um, there's a proctology convention. Right, so all the proctologies from around the country meet together and they have a conference, and then they get into the ho the hotel elevator and they're going to go up and they're all standing around and no one's pressing the button to go up in the elevator and they realize it's because none of them want to press it because if they jam their finger, they're out for a couple of weeks and they're going to lose a lot of money. So no one's pressing the button and they're looking at each other and. They kind of decide that it should be the youngest proctologist that presses the button. Like that, that's like the custom. And the youngest proctologist says, you know, like it might have been different in your guys' day and age, but I had to pay so much for medical school. Like if I jam my finger pressing the elevator button, I'm going to be out and I'm going to default on my loans and my career is over. So then they kind of think about it and they decide, you know, Dr. Jones, you're like the world's only ambidextrous proctologist. So you should press it because if you jam one of your fingers, you can use the other one. Yeah. And he says, I would, but NASA is doing a study about the effects of zero G on your uh, whatever, your butthole. I don't know what, prostate. Um, so I, they're sending two twins up, and I have to give them proctology exams at the same time. So I can't do that because I need both my fingers. So then finally, the senior proctologist says, you know, I've had an illustrious career. I'm the proctology, the proctologist for the president of the United States. I've done anything. If I jam my finger, that's fine. I'll be okay. And I'm going to show you the technique that I use on our president. So he steps back, rolls up his sleeve, and then presses the button like this. <laughs> that's my proctology joke that I wrote. It probably went over well in Eugene. It, yeah. I'm surprised it didn't go over better here. <laughs> <laughs>
don't, you guys probably don't know what a proctologist is. Are they the yeah. fancy butthole? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Have you ever had your uh, prostate checked? I have. Um, I'm by a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I check mine regularly. Uh, I mean, I had it done once. Yeah? It's weird. It's a lot of lube. Well, that's good. Yeah. It's better than not enough. Dry finger? Ooh. Sounds like a bad uh, like jam band. It's <laughs> a good name. Dry finger. Uh, <laughs> before I forget, I wanted to talk about, did you go, I know you went to OCAC. Did you go to an art school? Yeah, I went to uh, PNCA, uh, Pacific Northwest College of Art, but for only one semester. And that's in the Pearl District. And it has shut down. So, well, mine. so did ACAC. Yes. I'm not surprised. Like, I didn't feel, I don't know if it was the same for you, but like when I went there, it didn't feel like it was worth it. Mine was really cool. I really liked it because it was all like in the woods and all the, you know, all the classes were in like little cabins and shit like that. But they didn't teach you how to have a career in art. They just taught you art. And I needed to, I wanted to do it as a career. Mm. That's the problem, though. You can't really get a career doing art unless you're just like an independent artist or you teach it, right? How the the fuck else are you going to make money? I think it's one of those things where like, you know how they say like, if somebody's like, hey, I got this deal, you can make a lot of money, you need to invest in it. Don't because nobody tells you that they would keep that as a secret. I think if you're a teacher at an art school, it's because you didn't make it as an artist. So mm-hmm. either A, they don't know how, or they wouldn't tell you. And I think the game has changed so much. Yeah, but, you know, dude, that's the thing about art. Like, I always go to Van Gogh. He fucking created some of the most respected pieces ever, but he died penniless and never got any recognition until like 30, 40 years after he died. So, like, there's no guarantee that anything you produce as an artist is going to be, like, you might you might make the best stuff that anybody's ever seen and not experience any of the success while you're still alive. Yeah, who knows if, like, the greatest artist of right now has already died and nobody knows of them. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. in 30 years, they're going to find some treasure trove in a barn or on a hard drive or mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I got too into that stuff like the wanting to be uh like thinking if you wanted to be an artist you had to be like a suffering artist or whatever and i didn't want to do it starving artist yeah but uh, maybe you needed to like apprentice or something i mean because there are people who are like potters and i've heard of people but i've heard of like they like what do they call like um not industry potters but they like throw 300 yeah. mugs a day and well, they work off the hump or whatever and they just I wasn't the, spin it. I didn't I didn't throw pots and shit. I did sculptures. Yeah. You oh, blind man sees a rainbow. Yeah. You were I want to I want to fucking I want first place with that bitch out of extrusion. Extruder. Extruder. Yeah. yeah. I won first place and the dude the guy second does glass art. And he has this badass studio in the Dallas. He fucking does little classes. You can go next door to get pizza, come in there and watch him work. And he'll, he has days where, like, he'll have you make, like, fucking tree ornaments and shit. And I whooped his ass. And I'm doing nothing. Well, I mean, you got a family, right? You got a house. Got appraised. 
You got a new sidewalk. <laughs> like maybe those yeah, are the, those are the sacrifices or the like the things that you went for instead. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, the, my things, my stuff isn't functional. It's just purely decorative and. Yeah, what really, what really chapped my ass is I did this really cool piece. It's called Rebirth, and I use, I use a lot of like molds of faces, and I'll cut like the eye out, or I'll cut the mouth off, and I melted a bunch of glass in this pool, and then I put these parts of the face going up the sculpture, and at the top was the full completed face. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like bits and pieces of my life coming out of the fucking shit, and then here I am, whole at the top. Okay, so I took it to an art studio where a girl that I, I went to high school with, she was in art with me, and she worked there, and she showed the owners, and they're like, we don't want to show this here, we don't get it. And I'm like, well, isn't that the point? Like, yeah. if you look at art and you're like, oh, that's a fucking book, it's, it's, it loses well, the meaning. As, I mean, they're as trying like, to make, they're thinking of it as a business, right? They, they need to make money. Like like that, I mean, Troutdale, right down there, they got all those foundries. Calcanos, who were bringing up, they had that foundry. Mm-hmm. You know, the stuff that they liked was uh, a gecko that looked real because they knew that they could sell it for 100 bucks, mm-hmm. and a certain amount of them would sell. Right. And it cost them, you know, a certain amount of man hours to make and $10 worth of bronze in it. And they had it down to a business. And I guess that's more like craft as opposed to art. Right. Yeah, see, I don't want to do like mass production shit. Well, you're not. I wanted to work for Comcast. I don't work for Comcast anymore. (laughs) How dare you? I I mean, I do stuff for them, but I don't work for them. Well, there's still time, you know? Maybe you could do uh, Powerline art. Dude, would you, if you could get your old extruder presses out and get some clay would you start making stuff again i've thought about it a lot yeah i'm setting something up in my garage it'd be kind of fucking cool make some sculptures and when you're up there cutting down those lines to the right height or poles right isn't there something like that you go up and measure them i stand on the ground to measure them. oh well i'm I'm saying you go up there like make a cool sculpture nail it up there and nobody will see it for a while and then finally they'll see it. and then finally people realize there's hundreds of those around the city yeah and idea. then yeah dude then they'll like see the back of it and there'll be some like code and then they have to figure out what the code it like leads them to a point where there's some cement and there's your fucking dick <laughs> <laughs> that's good I see people do that shit on pools all the time they'll have their sculptures and shit though yeah you can smash everybody up. else's yeah, dude. Do you but, ever do you ever sign the the poles that you work on, like you did when at Rick's no, custom fencing? I fucking I do hundreds of poles a week, and there's no fucking. Way you're losing. Them. You're losing your fucking. I don't do anything artistic on it. I fucking measure it, and I make sure there's no violations. And you could carve like no, a cool no. little witch symbol. C, Fuck that shit. C plus V in a heart <laughs> on every single Cheesy one of them. Bastards. Mm. Uh, but no, you know what was cool about the shit I did. I was the only person I knew that did it. I've been to uh, country fair fucking seven times or five times, and well, that I might actually, have been. I maybe saw that was one what you guy to do right is have a thing at those the fairs and see stuff? that's what, that would be rad. But I saw one booth where the they dude had used extruded stuff, but it was like cheesy, not nearly anything like I was doing, and he was selling it for a lot of money. But how much do you think he was making per festival? Probably a lot. I mean, because. You don't really see extruded art anywhere. But I mean, like, 
I think what you would have to be able to do to make money off something like that is have a few years where you only make ten thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where you sell those things, you know, a hundred dollars each, but you're only selling a hundred of them mm-hmm. over the course of a year, and until you take off or until you find a way to, and then the way you make money is you probably sell out and like contract with China to make some molds out of resin and then sell those for really cheap or something. And then you, you know, lost your soul. You get a deal with Reebok. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. You make, I remember pump up art. I wanted to do something with him where we would do, uh, uh, landscaping with flowers and shit. Do you want to? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to bring that in? Well, I wanted to do landscaping, but have his art shit made out of flowers and bushes and whatever in people's yards, so that because he had does some crazy weird shit. That, sure, that's my painting, man. Yeah, that's how. Send you a picture. That's how you introduced him to me. You're like, oh, dude, I got this crazy friend that fucking makes this insane art, and I don't think he had done that yet. But yeah, um, that one he. I asked him for a piece, and he was just like, yeah, here you go. And he, he like, <laughs> f- fluffled through something. And that's not even comparable to what he does. This is just... Well... I really like it, though. It's been hanging on my wall for fucking ever. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you... That that one was one I really liked, too. But I don't it hung know what on, it is. You hung on your wall, too. What do you think on it my means? Wall? Yeah, when we lived in the apartment. hung right up by the TV. Uh... I don't mean to say anything good or bad or negative or positive or whatever, but it it's kind of it's kind of Picasso esque, right? With oh, the yeah. faces and the eyes and everything. Yeah, I liked Picasso a lot. It was a big influence for sure. Kind of cubism, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think it means uh, having a lot of anxiety or something. Like this is one person with multiple personalities or something. Yeah, or maybe a lot of stuff in your head. Trying to think about it, what I was going through, or what I know. My mom was always like, "Why do you paint so many eyeballs?" I looked it up, and people that paint eyeballs are schizophrenic. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, we need to talk. But then I've I've also noticed like people, like my girlfriend and some of her friends that do, they do some uh, interesting stuff where it's like portraits that are photorealistic but with really abstract expressive backgrounds with like oil smeared and stuff but her and her friends never put eyeballs in it it's always like a beautiful lady with her eyes closed it's mm-hmm. like man I, all I wanted to do was paint eyeballs mm-hmm. they're cool but I would dip on my faces I would rub the eyes out so it would just be a blank when anything I ever made when I was in high school and we were doing uh, clay in Miss Wallace, Miss Wallace's class, yeah. I'd always make the bust titties yeah. and the hips that's, and the ass. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Dude, <laughs> that's where it's at. Who's the, who had the, I don't know, maybe this is a bad subject to bring up, but you always had a story about somebody who had a butt in a, um, in a suitcase that you knew. <laughs> My roommate <laughs> I had a fuck with butt cheeks. But that's not it, Max. That's not Maxwell. <laughs> no. No, that was and not we, me. We, we, I know who he's we, talking we about. Lived that. In a single, we lived in a single. We lived in a a studio apartment. I slept on the couch, and his oh, bed was in the God. corner. And I would come. I would go to come in, and it'd be locked. And he'd be like, "Hold on, hold on." And then he'd be like, "All right, you can come in." And I'd come in, and I'd see the briefcase on his bed, and he'd be in the bathroom, and be like, "Oh yeah, he was getting dude. Getting he was going to work. Butt cheeks. <laughs> he's taking a briefcase to work. Yep." Yeah. So now they have a flashlight, right? And it's like, 
It's all more acceptable now. You probably don't have to keep your butt cheek in a well, case. Here pretty soon, dude, they'll just have real animatronic robots. They do already. Yeah, but I mean, like, they'll be affordable. They're like five oh, yeah. grand now. <laughs> right. Like, dude, you'll just... You, people just have, like... You know, real robot chicks that like ride around in the passenger seat with them. They're I've like seen that. putting their seatbelt on for them, checking, you know, getting the, the ketchup off their mouth. Like, it's not ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get weird, man. It's going to get really well, weird. You, you've seen those people that I can't remember what the show is called, but they, they're in love with weird things. Like, there was a guy that was in love with oh, his my car. Strange obsession. Or is yeah, that what he had sex, he with, had the sex with his car. Yeah. yeah. How? He'd fuck the tailpipes or something. I don't know. Seriously, dirty. Yeah. Sit, sit on the antenna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I wonder what how that's gonna happen. I wonder who the first person you know that's gonna have a sex doll. <laughs> it's been about two years for that guy. No, we're, it's going to be a briefcake butt cheek guy. Well, like and subscribe so Maxwell can make some money off this podcast and afford his real life butt sex doll. Yeah. I'll start a GoFundMe. I bet you would get it. I bet if you did it, you'd make the money. Yeah, maybe. People who have GoFundMe's make get a lot of money for stupid shit. Yeah, let's do it. Let's make that a thing. We could set it up. Maxwell doesn't need to be a part of it. <laughs> you can just set it over in the corner. Yeah. All creepy. Right there on the couch. That, that would work. Look, that would look good. She could be a co-host. Totally. What was Negan. that, honey? <laughs> oh, that's Her so name funny. is Bagel. Her name is Bagel. <laughs> and she wears butt plugs. Yeah. That light up. A butt plug for your sex doll. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, I wanted to ask you, uh, did you did you pay off the loans from OCAC? Yeah. How much was it? You went one year. I went one year and I owed twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand a year. My out of pocket. Well, because I had the GI bill through my dad, and because I was failing, they took away my GI bill. So before I could start my second year, I would have to come up with a bunch of money to pay them, and that's when I was just like, "Fuck this shit." They're not going to teach me how to do what I want them to do, and. I don't want to take math and shit. I just want to throw ceramics. So I, I lived with this guy when he uh, when he was going there, and he had this little <laughs> this corner in the room at the house that we were living in, and it it was impossible to get anything done. We were just getting fucked up all the time, and he's over there looking at his his monitor from 1987 mm -hmm. okay with this Sitting keyboard from 1982 and there's like plants all around him so he's like trying to make it like a, a good environment where he could like garden. we could get some work done but he's like you know like typing shit in microsoft word <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah i always felt so bad because uh, i knew he's, he paid so much money to go to that school and then we're all just like Eating Papa Murphy's pizzas and yeah. chugging beers. Brown and serves. Brown and serves. Yeah, dude. I had a little waterfall, a little <laughs> booty dog, booted all back. It was awesome. Do you think you would have been better off just working and paying to go to one of those uh, studios where you can, you know, pay a hundred bucks a month? Just you to, know, I use. I really didn't learn that much there after high school. I mean, my high school art teacher was pretty rad, but I didn't learn a ton in that year um art history was cool but man it was boring and yeah. i learned a lot in that class but i couldn't retain any of it well, well it, it, is the history portion important at all when you're trying to make 
art? I, I think it is. Uh, yeah. I think you got to know where you you fit in. Yeah. And, how, and then I think it's important so you can like uh, describe what you're doing in a language that makes sense to other people who like art. You know. Mm-hmm. Or if you're ripping somebody off, at least say why. Yeah. You know, and like what it means, or I'm reevaluating how they tried to do this, or. I don't, maybe it's it's just how to talk the talk in order to show that you've got the chops or something. But. Mm-hmm. You know, I got accepted into uh, Art Institute of Portland. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do animation, and I got accepted, and everything is good. And uh, but that place shut down too, right? I don't know. Do I know? think that place was kind of considered a bit of a like a hack or or like predatory a little bit. Like it was unaccredited or something. Like they would really? get people. And you'd pay a lot of money, and then mm-hmm. your degree wasn't like a real degree. You go, uh, you do four years and three years there. Yeah. And my counselor was like, "You can't miss any days. You'll fall behind." Da, da, da. Well, right when school was starting, my grandpa died, and so I went back to the Dallas and went to his funeral and everything, and missed a couple of days of school. And she'd call me, and she's like, "You, you know, you missed those days. You're not going to make them up." And da, da, da. and I was like, "I was at my grandpa's funeral." And she's like, "You need to get your priorities straight." <laughs> and I was like, "Fucking peace out." Went yeah. the next week up to OAC or OCAC and applied and got in. And the fucking the dean, I don't know what you call them at a school like that, if they're a dean or whatever, but. She left and went and worked the museum with you, Bonnie Lang Malcolmson. Yes. Ooh, yeah. ooh, you got any stories about her bus? She was <laughs> about her bus. <laughs> she was cool. She was really cool. She's a uh, very uh, eccentric, like most art people are. Did you yeah. know I worked at the museum? No, I was. Well, I, I did catering there sometimes. So. Oh, dude, it was fucking awesome. I'd set up the shows. I'd put the tables and the chairs out and everything, and then. He did all the audio and video for the shows. What years was that? I don't know. What was it? I started working there in 2010, and oh. then I left in 2016. Yeah, I when I did catering and we would do stuff at that, it was like 2006, 2007, so mm. before you guys. But that would have been fun to run into you. Right? I'd, I'd eat yeah. their food. Oh, yeah. they, the caterers would have extra food they give it to Probably us. the same catering place that I worked at. Yeah, what, what company? Salvador Molly's Catering and Events. Really? Vibrant Table. Yep. Yeah. I know Vibrant Table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I painted that table. Kurt Bedell. We painted that Vibrant. I know Kurt. Yeah. 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 He has the art in his house. Yeah. He's a cool guy. I, I've known him for a long time. He had a weird painting that was like a little kid jumping rope and it was huge, but it looked like a little boy in a dress and we we're always wondering like what what that meant. Mm-hmm. But I'd get drunk. Yeah. I'll get drunk and set up bar rooms. Like last night. No, fuck you. Well, that's what I heard. That's why you're on, on your on your C game. At yeah. Best. Yeah, I know. Pretty lame. That's why he's drinking water. Um, You want to arm wrestle? No. <laughs> Should we close it out with an arm wrestle? Yeah, no. let me pee first. No. You got to talk about your woman's booze. Oh, let me go to the bathroom. Yeah, let me go to the bathroom. Then I'll crack open them. Uh... I'm not arm wrestling. You know I'm wrestling Maxwell. Arm, he fucking no, works fucking out. No, fucking arm wrestling. No, he, he wrestles. Get him with the wrestle. <laughs> dude. I was, I was lame on this one. You're not lame, dude. You're wearing the G-spot hat. I just realized. Again? Like my shirt? He abides. I love this shirt. The, the dude. The dude. He's got cancer. Really? Yeah, he's got fucking anal cancer. Anal cancer? I think so. What's his name? Jeff Bridges? Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite actors. He's like my Bill Murray. Uh, 
protocol is shrinking my tumor. 71-year-old announced in October that he had been diagnosed with lymphoma. Cancer oh. of the lymph... Yeah, that's not his butt. Yeah. Sorry, dog. Well, I was wrong. But yeah, it's cancer. Yeah. You know, it's going to get us all, dude. I'm I'm betting on armpit cancer for me. All the deodorant you use? All the deodorant. Do you, do you get that Sasquatch or whatever it's called? Squatch? Squash? I wear ladies deodorant. Do you really? Yeah, lavender. Disgusting. Lavender hippie. It's Tom's. You know, you ever heard of Tom's? It's in the hippie mm-hmm. section. It's grocery store. Yeah. I just don't like sweating, and it keeps me from sweating. That's the only reason I wear it. Yeah. But I don't stink ever. I was talking to Vera. You do about smell it. very good all the time. I was talking to Vera about it, dude, and she's like, "Yeah, I've never smelled bo on you." I'm like, "That's what's up." I can work out in the yard, putting my dick in concrete, <laughs> and I won't stink. <laughs> I don't ever have BO. I still can't believe that you didn't sign anything in your your sidewalk. What is wrong with you, dude? I was going to, man, but... What do you want to try? What hair of the dog do you need for a dog? I'm not drinking. You don't even want to try one? No. Fuck you. I'll get you... Dude, there's fucking cups right here. I just put in a mint gum. It's not going to taste good. What is this one? So she works at a brewery? Yeah, she works there. It's a brewery in Eugene called Cold Fire Brewery. And they gave me some free beers last time I came up and I forgot them. So I wanted to give a shout out to them. Cold Fire? The best looking cans. That's for sure. Um, And they do... Stouts? I don't like stouts. Well, there's a lager and there's a sour. We already drank the IPA and the... Hellas. The website's hot, dude. Look at that. Well, they do... Look at um, that scroll action. Yeah, she did it. That's her work. Really? She those she are, designs websites? Well, she does their website. I don't know if she designs it, but she put took those pictures and put them up there. But they're um, an old world style brewery. So the the guys, it's two brothers, and they went to Europe and like liked all the beers there. So they try to do them like mm. that, which is really nice in Eugene because there's a bunch of fucked up bad beer. I think where people are trying to do like the craziest shit that's really trendy, and like milkshake, apricot. Uh, Peeps, smoked Ew. salmon flavored beer, or whatever. <laughs> and this place does like okay, this one is apricot, so <laughs> said that. But um, there's like a black lager, which is like a German style, and I got this crazy um, imperial stout, which is a thickish fucking chocolate milk. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, serious one. It's Nine point eight. This one's Jesus. also uh, five point seven. So nine point eight, uh, Jesus! I think it's the best brewery in Eugene. So if you guys, any anybody's down there, you should go there and uh, get some beers. What did you think? So, did you like the IPA? It was good. Yeah. What does she do there? She's a uh, she does her social media and then she works behind the bar mm-hmm. and it's just uh, just beer supporting it and it's like the shit she's had to put up with the last year is crazy. Oh yeah. Uh, like what? Just people not wanting to wear masks and yelling and getting yeah. mad about like. That they can only have six people and, you know. And and then also homeless people using their tent at night and leaving shit behind that they have to clean up with. And it's mm. kind of like everything. Like anything going on in society happens at a brewery, I think. But Yeah, man, that's got to be like one of the most challenging jobs is working with the public every day. What, is, what are you in the mood for? I'm not in the mood for anything. I got him a cup it. right here, dude. I ain't breaking. Have a, have a little taster. I'll smell it. Have a little taste. So you're what you do when you get your degree and you go out into the world like a big boy. 
<laughs> and work. Uh huh. What is it that you're going to be doing? Are you just trying to become a professor? Or are you trying to get a job? Like, what kind of job do you get with what you do? I could, I could be a professor. That's probably like the most direct route that exists. And then there's, um, I could work for like a consultant company where maybe they get, um, they do research or or make, kind of do science stuff off of grants. Like people kind of hire them. So that'd be like the, the private industry, or I could work more as a teacher at a community college, or I could work for like a government agency, like the BLM or the Forest Service or the mm. USGS. And, so and, are you going to be a scientist or a doctor? Like, well, is it going to be Dr. Schuyler or Scientist Schuyler? It'll just be Schuyler. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to call you doctor. Well, maybe I'm, one time. Okay. Call me that. When I slap my dick in the cement, or <laughs> Dr. Schuyler on it. It's pretty strong, huh? I need Maxwell in here too. But um I haven't figured that out. I saw some cool jobs. Um there's one working for the BLM where they needed somebody to model sage grouse habitat, which I studied uh sage grouse habitat for my masters and then my doctoral work is more on like projecting that into the future under climate change. Mm-hmm. So I'd be pretty like set up for that, right a ground. job like that. I don't know about that one specifically. They probably, the amount they were paying, there'd probably be better people that applied for it. But I also saw this one that looked really cool that I didn't apply for either. But it was uh, running a worm lab in eastern Washington. A worm lab? <laughs> yeah, where they're, um, they, they're like trying to grow the best type of worms to use in like wineries. Mm-hmm. And I think you would just have the lab and then do tests on these worms and then kind of figure out what worm is the best. And that seemed really um, soothing to me for some reason. Like Fucking with worms? Yeah, you wouldn't have to think about anything. You weren't in charge of it. You just did all the the worm work. And um, well, I don't want, god damn it. Well, I'm giving this to Maxwell then. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll drink it if you want. This is the... Uh, Something smells really good. What did you do in there? This my Wash my hands. That soap smells really good. So this is the strong one. I was trying to give it to Cody because I thought it'd make him feel better. I'm I drunk. feel fine. <laughs> I feel fine now. Sure. My hangovers. Yeah. It's just water. Non-BPA. So this is the uh, stout, which I didn't like until um, this winter I got into stouts a little bit. And I know it's not stout weather now. But you just got the, the mustache of rocking and got into stouts. and I think I, I embraced it. I leaned into it. Like it's cold weather beer. Mm-hmm. And it worked. And... Uh, does it get pretty wild down there in the in the winter? Wild? Yeah, like snow berms and Bigfoot and shit. In, in Eugene? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty wild place. There's a lot of Bigfoots there. Almost Bigfoot. <laughs> um, I think it's pronounced Big Feet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the wintertime, it used to be fun because there'd be a lot of shows. A lot of bands would come through. You know, like bands between San Fran and Portland and Seattle would stop at Eugene a lot. So like for the size of the city, you'd get a lot of live music. Like every night there's something you could have gone to. But the last year, <clears throat> not anymore. But I saw some cool stuff. They got a place, the Wow Hall. It's a pretty fun, like historic venue. And then where I used to live, there was uh, Sam Bonds and uh, Old Nick's and a, a few other bars that had live music. And it was a, like for the size, a lot of stuff going on. The Beach Boys? 
Did you know fucking Uncle Jesse played with the Beach Boys? He plays <laughs> drums for him. He plays drums? Mm-hmm. John Jesse Gonsopoulos? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. That's sweet. Uh, yeah. What, what's it called? It's called... Um, well, I just saw it. The, the Holt Center. Oh, yeah. That place is cool. I went and saw a really cool play there that was based on Frankenstein. But... The whole play, they, like, use all these crazy projectors and puppets and stuff like that. It's fucking awesome. That's cool. I remember yeah. seeing you in a play. You were, I was, uh, <laughs> fuck, what was it? Where's the Oz? Oh, yeah. I played a, a Elvis impersonating lion. <laughs> That's funny. I remember that. Man. This is the Jean-Claude Van Damme days or what? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Same time. They're Man. coming out with a Bloodsport too. Really? Mm-hmm. You gonna watch I just it? saw it on Conan. That's Maybe sweet. it's already out. Is uh, Jean Claude doing it? Yeah, but then like B- Batista is in it, oh. and a couple other guys. So that what's weird about that that I learned yesterday when I was watching all those Van Damme documentaries was that was supposedly based on a real tournament, but the guy made it up. But the guy who made it up was like a is like a famous liar who said he was like a CIA agent, and he went down and participated in the real blood sport secret tournament, mm. and all the stuff is supposedly based on reality according to him. Hmm. So it's kind of neat to think about it. I'm sure that shit's real. Well, I don't know. What what how I know it's not real is from what we've learned from like Ultimate Fighting is some wrestler would have gone in and just beat the fuck out of all those Taekwondo guys. Yeah. Because that's what happens. Dude, just get The Rock in there. The Rock versus anybody. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Those those fighters. Tony Rowan. Uh, yeah, you're telling me about that. Used to wrestle with, I can't remember his fucking name. And he beat him all the time. And this dude's a world champion UFC fighter now. Well, I... well wrestling's different than UFC. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Still, a lot of wrestling going. Yeah, but UFC, dude, you're you're trying to kill people. Yeah, wrestling, you're just pulling moves and. Yeah, but if you get some, you know, there's wrestling is definitely the best. That and jujitsu, I'd say maybe Muay Thai, but were you this hairy when you wrestled? Not quite as hairy. Did you wrestle? Yeah, yeah. I hate wrestling, a hairy dude. I uh, I actually I trained with um. The six-time UFC champion Randy Couture, too. I don't know if I told you that. Mm-mm. He had a gym yeah. on Stark. When, yeah. But this guy was like a child prodigy. He was no, Shane. Shane, not me. Yeah, Shane was good, right? I was always fat and had to wrestle kids that were strong and buff and skinny. And then <laughs> once I lost the weight and was like a normal kid again, I hated wrestling because I got my ass beat so much. But weren't you also like the bar fighting champion of the Dallas? I got a few scrappers. But you never lost. Not that I know of. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we we got to wrap it up. Yeah, um, I hear you. He, he was fast. he was telling me last night that he wanted to do something for the intro. I don't know how. You said you wanted to record a song or something. Do you I not did? remember that last night? No. <laughs> Are all the conversations we had last night just fucking yeah null and void? I thought we left at like ten and it was like two thirty. <laughs> Damn, okay. where did you guys go? I guess I'll hear we about this. To a barbecue here. friend's house. All right. Well, maybe maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll steal another one of Rep Civ's intros or something. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Go to- I remember I was going to play drums with you guys. Yeah. And we were up in the upstairs, and I was playing, and you guys you didn't like the way because I wasn't fucking sloppy like 
yeah. sloppy drummer, like I don't know. fucking we had white pretty, stripes type shit. We had shit. a pretty specific thing we were going for. I, I think too, at that time you were too, like Dashiki Cody. It was. Which is I was. Not <laughs> what we were going for, but <laughs> not what we were going for. Your drummer looked like Pondo. He's like a fatter version of Pondo. Or was he skinny? Was he fat? He's skinny. Then he's skinny. I don't know, maybe saw him at the. And that guy's good at drums. But, yeah. you know, in three hours is an open, open mic, we'd go play. I'm good. Okay. You're disgusting. Me? <laughs> Me? <laughs> I'm glad I came down for this. What are you doing? All right. Well, I, I kind of feel like uh, this is not going to be the last one. Yeah. We didn't even get into it. No, we no. didn't even get into it. Okay. And this guy's all hungover drinking water and shit. So, well, don't do it at one o'clock on a Sunday. How about we do it? That's when we I do them. We set it up a about, month ago. How about we do it? Dude, on a... I told him, I told him like two days ago. He's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Are you going to the barbecue on Saturday? And I was like, yeah, you better not be fucking hungover for the podcast on Sunday. He's like, that's this weekend? <laughs> I'm like, we talked about it for three weeks, bro. Oh, fuck. I had fun. I did too. Yeah. I'm glad I came. It was, it was rough getting here <laughs> talking to myself and I was laying on my bed it was 12 15 I was wanting to leave at 12 30 to get over here and I'm laying there and I'm fucking staring at the ceiling and I'm like dude no I hope Skyler fucking bails <laughs> I was already two hours into my drive yeah no I'm glad I came though I feel good I feel fine now all right to be continued <laughs>